for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Yeah, we, we're recording right now. We're live right now. Um, Leah Bavla dipped on us, playboys. <laughs> Fucking got too big. I don't know if you guys seen this in her in her I shared it in the story. She's doing she's television now. I didn't right. know as I, soon as as soon as I saw that, I was like, she's not coming. There's no <laughs> way she's not coming. <laughs> you as soon as you saw that, you're like, I feel so embarrassed for Ryan. He probably didn't see that. Reached out to her and uh, <laughs> just totally set himself up, exposed himself. You 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 messaged me like, I don't know if you could still unsend that. I don't know if she's seen it. I don't know if she's seen the invite. <laughs> But if you can unsend that, unsend your invite right now. Do yourself some fucking good because you just you're gonna embarrass yourself. But uh, it is what it, it's just the dudes, man. This is the way it's you the know. Dudes. It's just dudes being dudes, right? <laughs> this is how it <laughs> should be, guys right? Guys being dudes. What's that? Just guys being dudes. That's all. Rig man. Although and I don't know, Ta- Taylor's hair is getting a little long, so I I don't know if he counts as uh if, if it yeah, still right. counts. This is fresh, dude. My man keeps that fade, man. You could set your watch to that, son. That shit is never out of pocket. That shit is always on point. <laughs> that shit is always oh, on yeah. point. Friggin' us. So how you guys been, man? It's been a hot minute. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling good. I'm 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 excited for the future. Got a new year ahead of us. We still got uh, a couple days left in December to 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 finish strong, but I'm I'm excited, man. What about you, Taylor? Yeah, 2023, finishing, this year isn't finished, but for the most part, um, yeah, I just got back from the Olympia, had a great time there. Fuck, man, tell uh, me about that. First time experience. How wild was that, dude? It looked amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I Personally, I think the Arnold is better. Uh, I, I just think that given that the Olympia is pretty much only like bodybuilding, mm-hmm. um. And the Arnold has like 150, over 150 sports there. It's just cool to see everything. But the Olympia had like powerlifting. They had strongmen there, uh, MMA. They had a oh, bunch shit. of the ninja stuff. Yeah, it was. It, they're starting to kind of cap catch on to um, the Arnold uh, and mimic some of that stuff. But it was cool. It was a good experience. Networked the hell out of everyone. Um, it was it was cool. I collabed with a few like big names in in the fitness industry, so it was good. So, I mean, well, first of all, I didn't know the Olympia was moving in the direction like the Arnold Classic, where it's become like an event event like that, which is smart. If you want to capitalize, bring in dollars, bring in more people, you make it big like that. But I had no idea that's the direction they're going. I've never been to an Olympia. Neither have I. It was my first experience, but it was very similar to the Arnold. It was just the venue was huge, like. With the Arnold at the convention center, it was like the whole convention center was filled. But at the Olympia, like it was just too big. It almost like. And to be honest, like I thought the Olympia stage, not the final show, but the prejudging, I thought the stage was like stadium style style seats. It's like everyone's in chairs. Like I I tried to see Seabum. And it was just like you couldn't see anything because they're on a stage, but 
I'm the shortest guy in the room. So I'm like trying to look over and, and catch everyone. But um, it, it just wasn't as impressive as I thought. Like, I think that powerlifting meets some like Virginia pro, for example, even raw Nats at USAPL uh, does a way better job of production in my no opinion. Shit, that's surprising. Yeah, because like you can't, as a spectator, it's huge. Like the the room is huge, so like you're you're good like three four hundred feet back. You can't oh, even really see. You can't really see. Yeah, there's a ton of people there, and especially for Seabum, right? Like he's got yeah. millions of followers, so um, a ton of people showed up, but it was like impossible to see. So I was looking for like maybe some type of screen to to look at. Like they didn't even have screens. This is insane for- to me. I can't believe because thinking about the Olympia and Seabom is you're right. Like how many millions of people follow them? These are these are mega stars in the game. And yeah. the fact that like it's set up like this. Yeah, the the production was shit. Now the online experience, I think they do a phenomenal job with. Uh, but the in person experience is like you're paying money to go. So like. I just don't understand why they don't do a better production. In I'm shocked they didn't have a, a, a TV. Yeah, I was too. Trust me. I'm like, how do you not have like TVs off to the side for people like myself? And there were many others in the back as well. But you can't take a look at what's going on on the stage. Can I say something? Uh, it was wild. Can I say something? How do they not have you in Falcon first row? <laughs> okay. You, okay. How do they not? That, can I say to something? To be honest, Le- man. Leah Babla? She was there. <laughs> Leah Bible, it was, really? she wouldn't she I wouldn't was, acknowledge you if you were Leah Leah. She wouldn't she walk breeze by you. But but still, man. I was out of my element to be honest, man. Like, you know, at, at those events, you have a ton of bodybuilders, you have the whole fitness community. It's like you can see how niche powerlifting is when you enter that realm. Really? So it, it opened my eyes to a lot of opportunity that I think I was kind of just sticking to the powerlifting and I didn't know this world existed, to be honest. So being able to go to that event and seeing vendors and businesses and media influencers um, in the fitness space, like it's bodybuilding. Like think about how many people actually like bodybuilding. It's, Mm. It's millions of people. And like they have entire continents like India, for example billions of people um so like the the market there is huge for for any type of fitness thing fitness relation but uh the guy who won i think his name was rami or something um he he was from india dude's got like four million followers on on instagram so he like he was crushing it uh and to be to be honest i was even looking at my demographics i have like eight percent uh, India following. So I'm like, I'm just really? like transcribing Holy my shit. stuff. <laughs> to no shit, dude. You're yeah, huge. It, they probably got billboards of you in India. It's, it was wild to, to see. So it just opened up my eyes. Um, but to be honest, I had like over the course of the weekend, I had like probably well over a hundred people come up to me and be like, Taylor, like they took pictures and stuff. So it was cool. Cause I, actually I was, um, I was passing the Alpha Elite booth and I knew one of the guys that they had, one of their athletes, and he was like, yo, Taylor, Taylor. So I went over and we started talking. And when I'm talking to him, other people are like, yo, Ryan, Ryan, blah, blah, blah. And then 
I had literally like no sh- bullshit. I had like five people back to back come up to me, take pictures, ask me to sign their belt. And then no like asking me a ton of questions. The guy's like, you want to come up on stage? <laughs> they were like, um, so I, I like, I didn't realize even just being at like a, an event like that. Uh, I had such a, a big reach um, as well. So it was cool to see powerlifting kind of sneaking its way into that, that industry, but it's, it's nowhere near from a powerlifting perspective, nowhere near where bodybuilding is. It's like, it's all gym culture, but so you could see where there'd be crossover where some guys would be into like weightlifting into like at least gym culture. And then of course, no, if you're going to know some power lifters, like you think, well, you would know Taylor Atwood. So it makes sense, but also yeah, bodybuilding is so much bigger a sport than powerlifting, mm-hmm. you know, globally or whatnot. Gavin, you've been in this space in terms of like influencer and um, you've probably, you pro- have you been you've probably been to some of these expos or ran into some of these influencers in the fitness world. Yeah. I mean, it's night and day. Like for the past year, I stopped traveling um, after Turkey pretty much. And uh, so this past summer, but between last January and then it was like every two weeks, I was pretty much going somewhere. And, um, and when I kicked it off was my first trip to LA for raw gear. And that right there, like similar to what Taylor was talking about, you don't even realize like how massive the market is outside of powerlifting. And you're completely out of your element the first time you do it. You're like, dude, because nobody knows powerlifting. Nobody understands it. Nobody really cares that much, you know? And so like, and even when people train, like, so let's say you were to go train with athletes, take pictures and have fun. Most of those guys, and I mean this with the most respect, they don't actually train. They just get a pump and take pictures and like leave. And that's not necessarily the competitive bodybuilders. Obviously, those are like the influencers. So it's a totally different world. It's a different culture. But um, the best was the Arnold. I mean, and it wasn't like as massive because I think it was two years post-pandemic. So they were still kind of building up. But it was sick. It was probably maybe not as cool, I think, probably as like Taylor's experience with the Olympia in terms of how many people were out and stuff. But yeah, it's like every five seconds, like people are coming up to you. They're asking you questions. Um, And it is really cool to see too, because now there's this like massive blend between raw powerlifting, like like the Natty Boys and then like the new bodybuilding era, you know, like this come up of guys who don't compete, but are bodybuilders, you know, and like just to see that mesh of culture is, is really sick. But yeah, dude, it's, you are totally like out of your element. I feel like the first few times. So like guys, like for instance, okay. So guys like Russ who look bodybuilder physique probably get some of these gym bros, find them. That's why Russ is blowing up. I noticed, Gavin, when you got your shirt off, your fucking likes go through the roof. And I know, yeah. you, I know you noticed, Playboy. Look at Gavin all. Nah, come on. Go. Gavin's all, nah, come on. Go on. You know what? No, we, we know. Nah, we know 100, 100%, bro. 100%. 100%. Yeah. You know, you're not above taking the shirt off a little young man showing a little skin for a couple of likes. A little bit of traction. But, um. It's for sure the gym bros probably appreciate a guy who's jacked but strong as well. So you can see some crossover why if someone can do it, um, like Russ does it well. But Taylor, you know what? I think I was having a conversation with somebody about this where like you don't you you could do dude, you're jacked. You're ripped and jacked, but you don't you very rarely take your shirt off and do that. Do you why is that? Is that a conscious thing that you're like, I don't want to go that route? Or in no, did this weekend change that or what is it? No, it's it's the corporate thing. I I like to be. I, I it is like my my job. I have very senior people who follow me, so I don't want to like 
have my shirt off and it's just it's not for me right now yeah. it's not for me i mean it, yeah i i got you i got you it it, it does he goes, be... he goes cut off at least yeah, yeah I, give, I give a little shoulder i get yeah, some belt work well, you know some of those v-necks <laughs> drip a little low well i don't know but uh it's uh... true it, it would like i honestly would help i bet i guarantee like how do we get the crossover over there in terms of getting more of these people is it like russ where you take you're not bodybuilding like he's not on stage but my man is just hitting those poses and those flexes like he he legit knows how to pose right yeah yeah realistically if russ did a show he would he would hit a million probably within the next six months like within six months of doing a show he'd probably get his pro card honestly and do it naturally and then he would probably blow up even more um but the reality is like, and obviously he looks insane. He looks awesome. He's extremely strong. But I think the the biggest thing is the trends, right? So like, it's not necessarily, there, there are a lot of guys that have a great physique that also, like, I think there are a lot of untested guys that have phenomenal physiques that look insane, but they don't have the following that, and they post tons of shirtless shit. You know what I mean? So I think it, it also is your persona. So your actual personality, do you have a personality that people vibe with, can relate to, they want to emulate in some way? Russ has that, right? And then it's also too the trends, right? So like, are you actually partaking in the culture or, or are you even like leading the culture in some ways? If all you do is just kind of like post you flexing and then you're, you're training with like, you know, I'm not saying that an iPhone camera is, is isn't good enough, but if that's all you're doing, then like expect that. You know what I mean? Then that's yeah. the baseline. You know, so like like I think Taylor, you just hit nine thousand subs on YouTube, right? But you've been pushing YouTube hard. You know, you didn't yeah. have nine thousand subs before. Now you do because you've been pushing it hard. So like that's I think is the biggest thing too. And like obviously Taylor has a personality. You know, and if if you look at it, Russ again, he has a personality, man. Like, and he has um he has a vibe to him similar to like Sean Mills. You know, like you either kind of love him or hate him in a way, you know, like Weez has, he has his own swag, you know, like each of us have our own brand and that's what you're bringing to the table. Whereas I feel like a lot of guys who get into lifting, especially strength sports, literally all we think is just, I just want to lift weights and that's it. And they just, they take that and they post that and people don't want to consume that. They don't care about that. You know, that's actually, it's, it's an interesting thing. Cause I was actually talking to a bunch of people this past weekend about it because a ton of bodybuilders, like older bodybuilders, when they hit the, the Instagram wave of like instant growth like you could post and then gain like five thousand followers overnight like the algorithm was just very friendly back in the day so like i've i was looking at some of these bodybuilders who have like over three four hundred thousand followers on instagram i have a fourth of their following and i have way more engagement than they do because they're not playing the game they're not able to they don't understand their audience anymore um and they don't understand how to create content. So that that's something where I think as a as powerlifters, like I am consistently at least doing market research of like what is the trend to Gavin's point? How do I uh, take a, a twist on powerlifting, but also maybe my personality? So that was the stuff I was doing with uh, with even Gavin and, and Delaney. So showing a different side of my personality, right? Like that was stepping out of my comfort zone. So I think doing some of those things where people just want to continue to uh, do what they've originally done is not the right strategy or the answer. 
Um, and it's something that I think a lot of these people in powerlifting need to understand if they really want to grow their audience. Yeah. I think some people like I've seen that too. Like I, I go to, like, I think the people that would find those big name bodybuilders follow them because I know this guy, Oh, I found him. Let me follow him. And then the guy doesn't post shit. That's anything <laughs> worthy of coming back. And you're like, I'm following you. Yeah. You got a big high count because you are who you are. You're a great bodybuilder. And that's why I'm following but your videos are shit. Your pictures are shit. They're not. And they quality. also sell out, right? Like the, all you see is like every post is something that they're just selling to their audience. Right. And it's like, are you building trust with your audience? Like, are you creating like even Ray, man, Ray, I, I wish he had a social media manager because he could be, he could have over a million followers. 100%. Oh, fuck yeah. I can't believe uh, But I look at it. I look at his feed and I'm like, dude, just learn how to point a camera correctly or better, get a better quality camera. Like it's just, I don't know. I, I, I almost want to do it for him, but I, I just don't have the bandwidth. You got to cap strike with Aaron's hot, but it's some people actually become relevant after com their competitive careers. Like they could still make it pop. Like for like CT Fletcher became an, I mean, he's, he popped a long time ago, but let's use him for a second here. He was long done competing and then popped after the fact. Like you could do this. It can, it can last forever. You have your accomplishment in your back pocket and you can rely on that after the fact. You just got to, so it's never over, but he's, again, he's got a personality and maybe some people do need, you know, consultation on what do I got to do here and actually investing on real professional photography. Ross has a fucking media team. He's got a media team. Weez is well, part I, of it. I like, you know, I think a great model is Bart Kwan. So Bart Kwan, like he understands media and he understood like who the fuck is Bart Kwan, right? Like he's not anything special in terms of like strong. He, he's, but he, he's got such a great influence in the fitness space. How the hell did he do that? He understood. So he was actually a comedian before he was in fitness. Is that right? So, yeah. And he um, he started a media company, uh, JK uh, Film or something, but just kidding films. And I was like, I found I, I followed Bart before he was even in fitness. Like I saw I found him through comedy and then he transferred over into this powerlifting space with Geo. And they did Barbell Brigade and and he started going on these like he tried to figure it out of like, I want to do this fitness thing. So he he figured it out. Mm -hmm. um, so like he he was a great model of and still a great model of media. Like it, it's a, a business. You can have a media business like that. That is a real thing. Um, and, and you can produce. You could help others produce like Mr. Beast, for example. Uh, he helps people transcribe their videos in other languages. Now he started in a completely new genre for YouTube creators. So like he was one of the first people to do that where he understood, okay, look, YouTube, there's only 10% on YouTube in the U S think about that. So That's... he was only reaching in English, right? That understands English only 10%. And he was like, when I saw that, he's like, I had to get my reach beyond the U.S. I have to go into India. I have to go into China and Asia. So he understood that. So he was like, I'm going to transcribe all my videos because 
he saw others doing that for his videos. So he was like, I need to start doing that. So he did it. And now he started a whole transcribe business and he helps other creators do that for their videos. So um, if, if you know business, if you're savvy enough, you can figure it out. I heard him talk about that on some podcasts and it's fucking brilliant. And you're right. 10% in US, if you want to grow to a Mr. Beast level, which is, he's an insane level now. No, if one market turned on him, it's again, 10%. It, whatever happens in U.S., for some reason, it drops. Their new hot guy comes in the U.S. and they turn on him for whatever. He's 9 out of 10 still feeling the exact same as he was the day before. That is how you get security in it is diversify, you know, all the different groups you're with. And Mr. Beast, hearing him talk about it, yeah, it was brilliant, man, how he's all over the place. Um, and the good thing with, like, powerlifting, we are a true – I don't got to tell you guys. You guys have both been to several world championships now. True global sport. In terms of being able to diversify, so it's just gym culture, period, is all over the world. Like hockey or whatever the shit is very much segmented to certain countries. We got we got a stretch, man. We got a stretch and it'll never go away. The fact what your accomplishments will never go away. So now it's all about how do you capitalize on this? Yeah, I mean, if there's a time to do it, it's now, man. Like a lot of my messages too don't come from people in the U.S. They come from people from all over. And like, like just the other day, I had somebody send me um, a picture of their like their lock screen on their phone, and it was the Sweden photo uh, when I had won the world championship there, the junior world championship, and like stuff like that. I it's cool, man. And that I think just again speaks to if you have a brand, which is really just you. Right. There are pros and cons to pushing a personal brand. But one of the pros is that it's literally just the most extreme version of you. So if you're pushing that and at the end of the day, like I don't I don't listen to a ton of Andy Frisella stuff. He's the founder and owner of First Form. It's like a big supplement company here. But one thing he said, he was like, the easiest way to become super successful is to become the best at what you do. It's that simple. Like that's, that's the simplest way that you can do it. So if you have your personal brand and you're trying to become the best at what you do in whatever it is, could be photography, could be powerlifting, doesn't matter. Eventually people start paying attention. People start listening, right? So the way that I like to think about a lot of what I do is I'm starting a fire, like a massive bonfire, right? Only people within, let's say even a mile, if that can see the fire, but the smoke will eventually permeate, right? That if I build a fire big enough, eventually that smoke's going to travel all over the place. And my job is to build a massive fucking fire and then inspire other people to build fires like mine. And then everything kind of all roads kind of lead back to back to what I've built. Right. And so that's the way I like to think about it. And that's why I think to your point, Ryan, like, yeah, I think initially you may not see a lot of the traction and it takes kind of years for that to slowly build. Like I'm sure Russ, you know, when, when I first got into powerlifting is because of Russ really, like I saw him and that's how I found out about powerlifting on YouTube and stuff. And then like, but he was a fraction of what he is now, you know? So I'm sure him thinking then like, he probably was like, yeah, this is great. But now where he's at, he probably looks yeah. back at that and says, what the fuck is that? That's like, you know, it's nothing, yeah. you know? And so it's cool, but that's what it takes. It takes the smoke, right? It, it's, he built the fire and now the smoke is the trail, right? And now everybody who's, who's looking is they see the smoke and they're following the smoke back to the originator, you know? And that's, that I think is what's pretty cool about the whole like content, everything like this is it, dude. Like we have access to everyone all the time, you know? So it's, I think this is, this is the time Sheffield's going to be big, man. I think Sheffield's going to be like the first tipping point for it. Uh, all right. Before we get to Sheffield, cause that's a good conversation. <laughs> just what it could mean. I do want to get your guys impression. Me and Taylor talked about it a little bit in DMS, but I don't know if it's going to happen. What do you, have you guys seen that TikTok might get banned in the U S mm. 
what you, and you guys are both in that space. Gavin, obviously you're heavy in that space, but you're also in like, you know, all over, you're on Instagram, the whole nine as well. But, um, what do you guys feel about that? How do you, do you think it's going to happen? I haven't been super kept myself up to date on it. And how do you think the impact is? I mean, I, of course I'm very skeptical. I think it's a money play. I think it's a Chinese owned company and the Congress wants their money. Right. So, um, they're probably trying to squeeze TikTok for X amount, whatever it is to compensate for whatever it is that they're saying is being violated. However, I also think that like, it's probably not going to happen. Um, there are a lot of mouths that get fed through TikTok, and there is a lot of, um, the best way to put it, there's a lot of positive benefits you can, you can take from it. That said, like it, this is a capitalist society, man. I think it's a beautiful thing. Cause let's say TikTok hits a wall. Now there's a gazillion competitors who are willing to build something even better. That's a U.S. based company and will get government funding because obviously the government wants to push a U.S. based company now we, that we see it. Right. So, cause they'll have control over the app. So like, and the audiences obviously, and the ads and everything. So we'll just end up as a consumer and as creators, we'll just end up with a better product. You know what I mean? And like, ultimately, the only thing I would say is outside of just the natural philosophy of you just adapt is just start building your email list. Like that's, and that's always been the MO. Like you never owned this platform. Like TikTok, TikTok owns my shit. Instagram owns my shit. Like I can't just do whatever I want. YouTube, they own their shit, right? It's not mine. So that's why I need my own email list. I need my own communities, my own texts. Like all that stuff is super important because if they strip my platform for whatever reason, Taylor could literally say one weird thing. It could be somebody even in his video, right? Like anything could happen. Boom, Utah, YouTube bans him. He he worked so hard, invested thousands to get 100K uh, subs and then boom, his channel's gone. Nobody gives a shit about that, right? YouTube doesn't care. So if Taylor's smart and if I'm smart, we build our email list. We build what we can control and then we're good. And it doesn't matter what happens. We have unlimited marketing ability, unlimited communication ability. Um, so I think if anything, it's kind of just like a sign, like a warning, like, yo, creators, like, remember, this is not, you know, it's it's great that we're, we've enjoyed this kind of like peak and rise, but it can very easily fall. So just simply stay ready, you know, be prepared for it. What are you thinking, Taylor? So the, I think uh, just to clarify, the the talks were more around government uh, employees not being able to be on their government issued phones for TikTok or have any TikTok downloaded or apps. Um, it had to be strictly used for government work only. Um, so I, I think if it does get banned, it'll be a very small piece of the market. Mm. So I don't think overall it, it will be banned. Um, but yeah, I, I think to Gavin's point, I follow this guy. His name is Alex Hermosi. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but he he taught he always talks about email lists, like making sure that you're getting the most of your audience and and really connecting with your like. I answer all of my DMs. So do you, can you guys hear me? It says my internet's unstable. Um. You, you, Sometimes it lags. We can hear you. Sometimes your your pick lags like a stitch, but nothing crazy. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, I think that um, as long as you're you're building a good community, to to Gavin's point, I have a beacons. I have people that sign up for their emails, so I have an email list. Um. It's it's just being able to build that community. That I think that's key. 
and, and even though, look, I have 113,000 on, on Instagram. I have nine on uh, YouTube. I have close to nine on TikTok. Like I haven't been t posting on TikTok, but like the, the, the big one is more around like YouTube for me right now, trying to build a personality like long form content where I can give my audience more of me because I think that's like, I get to post um, kind of like highlights on Instagram and that's done well for me. I, I, I've built a good audience. I built a trusting audience. Uh, people do trust what I say and, and the products that I uh, promote and whatnot. So I'm just doing my best to now give back in terms of maybe they wanted to know more about my work life or just see me work out whatever it is right I, I don't know what it is i'm trying i'm throwing everything at the at the wall seeing what stick um on youtube but i i think just being able to give that long form content and short form content building a community and not breaking their trust i think would would help a lot of creators and influencers in the powerlifting space uh, because look powerlifting like is is a very mundane sport like you can post your squat bench deadlift all you want and some accessories, but like how many other powerlifters are doing the exact same thing? And are you impressive enough that you're going to continue to build an audience um, other than just squat bench deadlift? For some, no, it's it's like, why am I going to, I can go follow Taylor or Gavin or these top guys and get enough content there. So why do I want to follow Joe Schmo? Um, so you have to bring something different to the table. So what is that? Your personality. It has to be personality. Um, and then you have to build a trusting community, uh, whatever it is, but that that's, yeah, that's my long winded answer for TikTok. of, <laughs> well, I mean, no, <laughs> is I it like going to get banned? Probably not, but, uh, make sure you're building your, your audience for sure. 100% and Offline. connections, man, and connections for sure. Because like, um, Let's say you were heavily like like Gavin is heavily invested in TikTok. Let's I don't think let's say TikTok doesn't go away, but let's say or sorry, sorry let's say TikTok goes away. Gavin has already done so much in terms of collaborations and like he's on other people's platforms and other things like he's stable just in that as well. Like Gavin's everywhere. I seen when you were doing those um, exhibition tours, Gavin, you were all over the place with a bunch of different influencers. Uh, how many times you've been on like these podcasts, you've been on King Lifts tons, you've been on other podcasts. Um, you know, you're, you're all over the place. So let's say you're gone from a certain platform. It's not that hard to people to hear like, oh, he's now on another platform. They just follow you over there or, and you could appear on other people's platforms to plug your new platform. So it's like a, a sense of security. Like for instance, the Paul brothers, they're a good example. They were on Vine and Vine died, but they were massive on Vine. Vine died. They easily shifted over onto the platforms, YouTube, Instagram. They're all over the place, right? They're killing the game. And now my man is in boxing somehow. The, the weirdest doors can open up as long as you keep your clout. But um, yeah, so the sky is the limit. You can, you could surround, surround yourself with good people is always a good idea. I got to tell you guys, you guys have worked together as well. Oh, of course. I mean, I hate every second of it. Every time it's I have to tough. watch a tale, it's but, the know, hardest. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's 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 awesome. I actually, I mean, I know Taylor knows this. I've already spoken to him about this. Like, obviously, 
it's um it's never like putting somebody on a pedestal type thing that's not really me it's just like a, a extreme degree of respect and admiration for everything he's built and everything he's done and of course as an athlete coming up as a young athlete coming up watching taylor has always been like in my eyes he's you know he's the ultimate right especially on the come up right and so being able to connect with him in that way, become friends with him in that way, learn from him in that way. We learn from each other in different ways. It's insane, man. It's it's unreal. And like, and that's that's the beauty of what we do. It's never the tool, it's the mechanic, you know? So I think as long as you're open to that and you're open to the idea of, yeah, I mean, collaborations, networking, it's all great. But at the end of the day, um, it means nothing if you aren't pursuing something of your own, right? So like, and that's kind of the key. It's like, it, it's never so much, again, you don't want to put anybody on a pedestal, but it, it's it's freaking dope to to find people that are really successful at what they do. And then you're slowly becoming successful at what you, at what you do and you you come together and you share that, you know, it's it's been awesome. Delaney, again, I mean, all three of us, just because we live close to each other, it's easy, but all three of us have been killing it. I'm, I'm really excited for, for both Taylor and Delaney because dude, the, you guys went to the Olympia. I saw so many pictures i was so oh, jealous man shut up we invited you you, you did invite me you why didn't did you me. go what happened what do you did you have a tv show too <laughs> no bro you're your wolverine is that confirm or deny hey, i'm uh, unfortunately i signed an nda i signed an nda i can't be uh i got you i got you all i'm saying is henry cavill has just been released from right. the superman role and the witcher role um and amazon oh. did pick him up so i was like you know what it's time for me to step in <laughs> nice when you when you guys were at olympia what was some of the because i seen like fucking half thor was there but like they had tons of people did you get to like link up with some like people we would know taylor uh so i mean shit we saw like we i didn't link up like the only person that i really got to link up with was rob lipset um from alpha elite and he's got like i think he's got over 500k on on youtube and instagram um trying to think ryan dangler he's got like 250 on on ig he's got over 150 on, on youtube youtube's uh, tough to grow like that dude yeah youtube is, it, it is um but again i think i'm not about the growth i want growth of course right but it's another platform for creators or anyone in the fitness influence space to give their content, to give the the audience another piece of their personality or who they are and what they have to offer. It's long form content, right? You have long form and short form. And there's a few people that I actually follow and they gave their strategy for 2023 as to how they're going to grow. It's like you, what you're trying to do is use your for, short form content to get people to your long form content. So like you're taking you're on podcast, for example, you're taking sound bites that that uh Ryan Never. famous for taking. Never. Um but you're you you do it, right? Like so you are on Instagram, you're taking those sound bites to get people to go listen to your podcast. So it's the same thing. Uh I, yeah, I yeah. am doing I am doing videos uh of lifting heavy weight. Well, now I want you to see more of my personality and what I have to offer. So now I'm going to throw in everything that I think you guys would want as an audience 
um, in my YouTube video and then try to funnel you guys there so that you can see not just me lifting a shit ton of weight, but also under, like hear me talk. Uh, you get to see my face. You get to feel like you're a part of me. I think that's what YouTube's draw is, is like us as as uh, we're absorbing a lot from from YouTube and the creators that we like, but it's like, we feel like we're friends with them almost. Uh, we're like connection, there's like some type of connection there. And I think that's what their com YouTube's competitive advantage is in getting people onto their platform and keeping them staying, right? And that's why they share 55% of their revenue with their creator because they know how like important we are uh, to their community. So. Um, I think that being able to, to build the YouTube channel out to give a different flavor instead of just seeing lifts, for example, um, I, I think is the way to go. It's, um, it's fun. Like sometimes you see people, <clears throat> you build a following off of like picks, whatever the hell. And then once they start trying to show like personality, they're like, oh, but you find out people aren't into your personality sometimes, right? <laughs> like, ah, but that, that's the thing, right? Sometimes like, you I, see I, it, you see it on Instagram where you're like, someone tried to change up. It almost is like, shit, they're not following that. Like you fellas got a okay. lot of personality. That's okay. But true. Yeah. It, it, it's okay. Because I, I think you have to find yourself through this journey, right? Like some of the most successful creators didn't like you go back to their first videos. They weren't who they are today. Right. They, Fair. they've learned how to talk. They've learned how to tell a story. They've learned how to connect with people. But initially, they were probably awkward as fuck. So it was like, you just have to figure out your own of like being comfortable in your own skin and then having all those different skill sets of being able to communicate effectively, how you want to tell a story and do it very precisely. Um, and if people like it, they like it. But you're not going to gain everyone's approval. So just continue doing what you're doing, but make sure you're you're getting better with each video or whatever it is that you're trying to do. This is true. I'm just saying there is for sure people with naturally a personality that is engaging and like you two for sure are like, it's like, fine, I ain't gotta tell you guys because we like, uh, it's easy peasy lemon squeezy when you guys come on the podcast for me to get sound bites and everyone's going to rush into it. So, um, but yes, for some people, it's just not really, they look the part and, and certain other things, but it's, it'll be more difficult. But there's ways of finessing it. You know, those you surround yourself with good people and they could finesse it, get good shots. Maybe the videos are really fly on that YouTube and it's not so much your personality, it's how you look and carry yourself and you're a cool dude like that, a cool girl like that. Maybe you can get off with it like that, but you got to find your lane because not everybody's, you know, is engaging. Some people you can just fucking sit down and listen to. You know what I mean? You sit down and have a listen to them. My dudes, this is a fucking Christmas special. We just blew 45 minutes off the first top <laughs> off the top of my head. Did I just drop? We didn't even get. <laughs> you know, like, you have to cut it out and make it a separate episode on marketing. I go, I go, I go, I go, okay. So you guys ready to start recording or <laughs> you guys ready to start the show now that we fucking burned through an hour? Yeah, we went through, we went through a whole different. Yeah. But it's, look at this, that's the, whatever it is, what it is. People like a good conversation, but you guys are easy to have conversations with. It's not always easy like that. 
Um, but anyways, and Avery, did you have anything you want to throw in there? Or you want to get into some some festivities, gentlemen? We can go over whatever uh, whatever you got planned for us. So I'm wondering if we should do a little bit of powerlifting topics, then get into save the Christmas stuff. What do you guys think? Mm, yeah, let's do powerlifting first, and then we'll dive right into Christmas cool. stuff. Yeah, what topics ahead. you got? Hang on. Well, let's talk about some stuff. Let's let me, let me scroll in here. We had a bit of a debate here, and I'm interested on how you guys land on this. There was debate between formulas and titles. I'm I'm a little bit interested in your guys' take. D- Taylor, what are you saying, Playboy? Maybe we'll go to Taylor, then we'll go to Gavin, then we'll go to Arian. <laughs> oh man, what I I could give you sound bites for days on. Oh shit, because, son. That's not uh, what I'm looking for. <laughs> Talk your I shit, just, Let's go. <sighs> Here we go. Um man, I feel like Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> I'm innocent. Uh, Where does Santa like, Claus sing, I'm t- you know, you know the Batman, uh, the dark was it the Dark Knight? Yeah, the Dark Knight with uh, Heath Ledger and Two Face. Yeah, where he where he was talking about how like you're either the, you die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Yeah, I feel like I'm becoming the villain. <laughs> no, doggy, <laughs> just let it out because. <laughs> It was when I was at the Olympia this past weekend, I was with a bunch of like untested people and they were like, oh, man, like, I love the debate of you and John Hack. And like, when you said that, like, I can't believe because I saw Andy Huang as well. Uh, So me and Andy, we were talking it up and chopping it up a little bit. So it was cool to get uh, like I've never met him in person. Like we've only DM'd a few times. Um, but he's a great guy. He just got married, by the way. So congratulations if you're listening. Yeah, congratulations. But he, um, it was just interesting to see that because I didn't realize how many people actually did pay attention to the like what I was saying. Dude, I was. <laughs> but like, I'm like, not joking. I, people in France, I had so many people. They they were like all the kids. I mean, not powerlifters. They were saying the kids in the gym, in a different nation that don't speak English, were like fucking debating it viciously being like i can't throw all like can you fucking no are you serious all yeah. over the world dog. yeah yeah it was funny so i, I don't know I, I think people were like getting tired of me talking my shit but it's like you know it's facts i i you can't debate a fact like i i am considered or not not considered from a dots formula from a wilkes formula throw any fucking formula you want at me and I'm the best at it. I like, so that's a fact. That's not me talking shit. That's just me saying a truth. Um, so like my, my thought on it. Uh, so given that I have won three world championships, eight national titles, like I own the 74s. I don't what else do I do? I try to chase if I can't, like I haven't moved up to the 83s. I almost beat them as a 74, but I still haven't. Right. So I can't say I'm I'm better than the 83s because I'm not. Um, and. When I look at a formula, I think when because so I just wrote this on, actually on on my Instagram, like when else would I be able to insert my name with a John Hack? or a Ray Williams or uh, a SSJ Bob or like anyone outside of the 74s, right? Like, I think that's what formulas help with is like, 
I've personally think that I've helped the the little guys, the lightweights, along with Russ. Um, but like, give ourselves a name, right? Like, I think when Ray was here, it was the Ray Show, and then like when I I started doing my thing, I started surpassing Ray's in views. If you look at the prior like IPF championships and the USAPL, like everyone was tuning into the 74s and 83s. Like we were out numbering the, the heavyweights. So like when you look at the numbers, it's like, they just like us more. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Right. Like you would think that they just want to see heavy weight lifted, but it wasn't right. So I think now it's like pound for pound. Cause I think there's more of me and like the, the, that 160 to 185 range um, in the world. So it's like, now we can compare ourselves to the heavyweights of like, Oh, I am stronger pound for pound. I can hang my hat on something like that. And now it's giving these other kids and other guys and women something to strive for other than building their total. Um, So like, I like formulas. I I'm I respectfully disagreed with what Russ said. Um, I, I I like Russ fucking killed it. I think this past weekend in the nineties, yeah. uh, and I, I I think I see I I I was trying to connect the dots of like why did he say that when he said it, and I was like oh because he was just he he crushed the fucking nineties. Like he beat the nineties in total. Um, but when you look at his dots, his dots suffered. So, but th- does it matter? Th- and then that debate happens, right? right like, right, does it right. fucking matter? Like he beat the nineties. He's the best 90. So he's the, he's the guy in 83s and now, and he's the guy in 90. So like, do you debate formula or do you debate total? So it, it's a tough, it is a tough debate, uh, but respectfully, I disagreed. And I think, uh, I think formulas are needed whether or not, and, and for me, I, I'm, I'm probably a bit biased because I, um, personally, I destroyed all of the, like the biases within the formulas themselves of like the Wilkes was biased towards, um, heavyweights. I crushed every, no one's hit ever hit a 600 Wilkes. I have, uh, 600, uh, dots, for example, first guy to hit 600 dots. So like you throw any fucking formula you want at me and I'm, I'm the guy. So I'm biased, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think I could put my name next to like a John hack or, or other people in other weight classes. Um, and I think that, that kind of levels the playing field because of obviously someone who weighs more than me for the most part is going to be able to lift more weight than me. Um, so yeah, that's, the, that's my two cents. Well, you say you're biased, but you also won a lot of titles too, though, to the point of this entire time, look how many titles you've won too. Like, so I, I won't give the counter argument yet, but that was a very good pro uh, formula argument. And I do kind of see Russ's point. And, and I didn't even connect the docs like you did, but that's very smart to say like, well, why did he say when he said it? Because he probably said, cause he came in second in Korea, but he for sure was the the biggest talk right. of the town. Right. Because right. he's the number one. So yeah, like, like it, it, to his point, he's like, got you. I was actually second on the podium though. Huh? 
However, who the fuck is talking about what? Um, you know, Sunday or whatever, right? It's like everybody's right. Talking so he, about he the has, total, he's the best 90. So the number one like, in, in, in the best in two different weight classes, which is um, you know, so I gotcha. There's a good argument there when Russ is like, What do you think, Em? I don't know. I mean, I uh I agree with a lot of what Taylor said. I'm gonna be honest. So I'll give you my honest answer, I'll give you the podcast answer. My honest answer is I genuinely don't care. Like I I'd, I'm not, you know, I, I gen, like the way that I approach the sport in general is I have my own standards in my head as to what I think is respectable in terms of excellence. And the first thing is championship titles. Absolutely. When Taylor walks in a room or if I walk in a room, somebody walks in a room and they say, oh, what do you do? You say, well, uh, I power lift. And they say, are you good at it? You say, well, I have a 600 dots. Nobody gives a fuck. Like nobody knows what the fuck that even means. But when you say I'm a world champion, now they understand, you know, it's, it's, um, it's something that uh, it kind of eliminates the language barrier. I like to say, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, it hits home. So that's always powerful to me. Um, I care about, you know, like the idea of an Olympian, right? I never ask, honestly, Usain Bolt's time. I just ask if he got gold, you know what I mean? And that, that's what I care about internally. Uh, but then coming after that is like, all right, well, what numbers in my head would I have to hit to consider myself great? And obviously, of course, someone like myself, I'm sure Taylor would agree that number is always rising. You never quite meet your own standard. Um, but I can tell you right now, like it, it almost never has anything to do with the dots, like the formulas or anything like that. I think it's, um, I definitely though think if I had to make a podcast kind of style answer argument for it, I think it's absolutely feasible. I think it should be something that people value. Um, it'll never be perfect. I have no problem with there being a ton of different formulas, um, but I think it's a great tool to you just, it's just another metric. That's all it is. It's just another ruler that you'd, you'd kind of lay down, right. To see how long something is. It's just, it's that simple. Like it's when you're comparing lifters, especially for people that are deep in the sport, it's just another tool to see how great they are and to see how you'd stack them up against each other. It really doesn't need to be that serious. Um, I think that in terms of like, who's the goat should go way beyond a dots formula and way beyond a total. I think it happens to be something that's more along the lines of what have they done for the sport? Like genuinely, like Arnold, right? I have no idea how many how many Olympias he's won, how many Olympias Ronnie's won, who's won the most. I have no idea. I just know Arnold blew up the fucking sport. I just know that he was the ultimate. He was the best. He was the he was the pinnacle, right? And it's because of his brand. It's because of who he became and what he did for the sport. That to me is goat. That's the goat status, right? So um, again, for me, I honestly I don't really care, but I think. I don't really understand why people would hate it or love it. I don't understand why people are like getting all upset about it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like if it's, I think it's pretty cool, you know, that somebody can say they have a crazy Wilkes or crazy strength to weight ratio or whatever. But to be honest with you, like when you do get to a certain level, you're going to have that crazy ratio. You have to, if you want to win, you know what I mean? Like no matter what Taylor's competition is, when he walks onto a platform, he's going to have to hit something pretty insane. Because it's a world championship, right? And that something insane, in quotes, is going to be crazy in terms of his weight, right? When you compare it to his weight, no matter how you slice it. And so, yeah, I mean, I see the place for it. But um, again, to me, it's kind of like, look, dude, it's just it's just another metric, bro. Like, have fun with it. You know what I mean? If you really want to use it to, to stack people, then that's fine, you know? Yeah. I, I, let me clarify, too. Sure. So, like, I, I never walked into a powerlifting meet and said... I want to crush this dots or this Wilkes. It was always like total first go win, and everything else kind of just happens on its own. Like I didn't, we didn't go into 2021 
nationals when I hit 838 and a half thinking we're going to be the first we're, we we are focusing on over 600 dots it was like that was a byproduct hmm. we wanted to crush our total first so i think that given that we can talk formulas all day uh but it's always form it's always total first so for all, all the lifters that care about total or uh, formulas and stuff it's like worry more about your total first and then have your your formulas as a byproduct of it. Uh, it kind of, I'm going to get Arian's uh, input in a second, but kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, you're at the expo, whatever expo it is, to Gavin's point, they will have no idea about different formulas you use, like all, Olympic weightlifting uses, what formula, gentlemen? <laughs> St. Clair formula. Saint Clair. But you guys would, you no, laid on that know, area. Ryan, to, to that point, um, <clears throat> The, so first I'll say, yeah, I'm a world champion powerlifter. And then I'll say, I'm the strongest pound for pound. And when yeah. they, when they hear that, they're like, Oh, what, like, tell me more. And I'll be like, I, I weigh 163 pounds, but pound for pound, I am the strongest in powerlifting, like tested, untested, uh, well tested, um, don't but do this all over again. Top five. Top five. <laughs> top, top five. Jo- don't please don't mention John Hack. <laughs> top five. Top five untested. Irian's, Irian's um, now writing down a note. Okay. What time is yeah. He's time stamping that. He's like, wait for, I go wait for the John Hack mention. Wait for the John. <laughs> Be patient. Be patient, Irian. So yeah, that like I'll say, yeah, I'm a world champion powerlifter and also pound for pound the strongest powerlifter and tested. Um and when they say that, they're like, oh, shit, what are your numbers? So it starts this whole discussion mm. of like, oh, what are your numbers? How many world champions? Tell me more. Mm. So it, it's all about how you hook them uh, with that 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 formula or total, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, that's fair. But that's about the only time formulas come up. It's true. And, and what helps? And I don't even go into formula. Oh, Okay. Because I was going to say, it helps that, okay, we're living in a time, though, where it's undisputed because you have them all, which makes it easy. But you could yeah. foresee a time where possibly someone isn't quite as dominant, has one, someone has another. And that's when things get funky. And that's where people might not like formulas because it becomes, well, fucking are you? Because this guy's got this formula, this guy's got that formula. You know, it's almost like in boxing, they have four titles, four world champions. In some weight classes, one guy's all four, so it's undisputed and it's easy. Taylor's made it easy. So all the pro formula guys are, are got to like Taylor because you've rounded up these, these formulas. But if there was four different people with four different formulas and that can happen, then formula, the value of formulas kind of goes out the window. Cause like we're having a hard time distinguishing who's pound for pound the best because so many different people have different formulas. Right. So it can be t- difficult. Um, and you know what? I got another point, but I'll wait for Arian to go because I don't want to chew up all of his points. Arian, what do you think, sir? I mean, you're all making good points. That last point that you just made is like, not only is Taylor collecting all the formulas, but also he has the world titles to go with it, the national titles to go with it, the world records to go with it, the national records to go with it. And I was looking it up. He's about 5% above the next highest total, which is Austin Perkins in his weight class. So it's like developing a gap in his own weight class as well. And and if you think about it in other sports, it's like, it's all those combined too. Like uh, the World Cup just happened. Lionel Messi just won his first World Cup. A lot of people are saying he's the best soccer player ever, but he doesn't have the most 
a World Cups, Pele has three. So then the argument comes, well, do the titles matter more or does like how good he is? Part of that's also the team aspect, like in football, Dan Marino for the Dolphins never won a Super Bowl, but he's considered one of the best quarterbacks. So it's a combination of all those things. And like Gavin said, it's a way to try and make it maybe more objective. Like, hey, we have this formula and we've made different formulas over the years to try and get it more accurate. And it's a way to objectively measure people's performance across weight classes. But it's still subjective. How much weight do you put the formula? How much weight do you put the titles? Who do they fight against for that title? Like Taylor lost to Kale, but it was able to come back and beat him. You know, Russ lost to Brett Gibbs, was able to come back and beat him versus if you maybe didn't compete against anyone in your weight class, maybe your titles don't matter as as much than having to beat another top competitor. So I think all that goes together. And in the end, people have to make their own decision of what they think. And even like another thing people maybe don't think about for this time period, for not only Taylor, but like Bonica and um, Jess and all these other people is they all missed out on 2020. So in another time, Taylor would have had another world title in 2020 if there was no COVID and all these other uh, people. And then also for people who are in USA, some people missed out on 2021. That's another title Taylor could have had. So if you're weighing titles, you're also, some lifters get a hit where, you know, Taylor could have had two more world titles that just for things that were outside of his control um, held him back from getting those. So there's a lot of things to, to consider there. And that's why I think it also makes it maybe more interesting if everyone knew for sure like, oh, Taylor's the best. He's even better than all the untested. The untested suck so much they can't even keep up with him. Maybe it's not as interesting. Easy, man. Bro, he was fucking <laughs> yeah. coming, dog. Okay. Oh, oh, he, this is, <laughs> when, this when, is the guest, when the guest doesn't give the sound bite, he fucking goes in and starts <laughs> dropping him. This is this is a, a what if scenario I'm talking about. I'm saying it wouldn't yeah. be as interesting for people. Oh, but but because it is a close, like, hey, do you take like, you know, maybe Bonica and Kimberly have more titles, or do you take like Taylor has the best dots and is so far ahead as next competitor? Or do you take John Hack, who's the best on tested uh, on untested and he won on uh, um, uh, tested side who do you take and like you said there's discussions all around the world about this that helps make it more interesting that gets people more involved in powerlifting and gets it out more to people and people stick with them more than you know the mundane aspect of powerlifting at least this is interesting conversation for everyone uh, one one aspect let me throw this out here because as has been mentioned and this is something that um i've talked to in, in in private with some people we've had discussions on it the thing with formulas if you look at one single tournament based on a formula and if five years later, a different formula is in place, you can go back and the guy who came in second would have won that tournament. And that has happened several times already in history. And um, we saw it just when USAPL switched from IPF to, to dots. And if you did some formulas in some of those tournaments, actual formula winners would have switched up and it makes it difficult when you look back and all you got to do to change history on who won tournaments was just use a different formula and formulas change over time, but kilos never will. And, um, so dominance, for instance, like Taylor winning weight classes by a huge spread. He can look left to his right across the entire world, change up the formulas. A new formula is going to come in 10 years, Taylor, and it'll be whatever. I'm like to Arian's point, 5% of anybody in the world period. That's my total. And when you look at Oleg, uh, the 74 kilo goat in equipped, um, he had 17 world titles in a row, 17 and, and fucking your boy shall be him. And, um, and un unseated him. But when people ask how good he was, 
putting together 17 in a row, there's also got to be something to longevity where it's like, you didn't have an off day once. Shit just didn't line up for you once 17 times in a row. No. 17 times. I think I could have beat him. Yeah, well, that, that, that's what, that's where at least you did beat Shell, though. That's why it's good that there's some kind of link between you and him and whatever the shit. But um, six degrees of separation type of deal. But imagine that battle if if they would have got you and him at Sheffield. Like he's a little past his prime now. By the time he lost, he's like 44, though. But there's something to be, to be said, though, for like uh, if you for the next like 10 years. How you're, are you 33 or 34? 34. 34. So he didn't lose till he's 44. So if you were for the next 10 years, you're the man, you rack up another fucking 10 world titles when you walk in the room and they're like, how good are you? Like, I don't know. Is 15 world championships good? I don't know. You tell me, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, well, that's a crazy amount of dominance. Um, but yeah. Or, or even like you said, um, like a uh, multiple weight class champions, you have like Joy Namani's won multiple weight classes, Christopher's Bakey's won multiple weight classes. So that is a factor as well. Now we got to have this conversation. So Russ just broke, and I'm not. I'm not trying. Hey, listen, Jason's not here this time. <laughs> Dad's going. Okay, it's just you. You and Uncle Six are talking now. Okay, Dad's out. The, Dad's out the room. Um. So obviously, uh, Russ moves up, and he's feeling himself right now by winning that. You know, taking a, a record, a weight class up, and um, Leah Bavois, whom. Too big for a podcast, as small as KOTL now. Okay, she's television, gentlemen. <laughs> all right, but Leah Bava, everybody's all over her because world champion went up, took a world record. She'll come back down to 63 when she wants, and she might come back down to 63 for worlds, but she's she's got both now, right? She can do both. And to Arian's point, these double weight class champs. Wilkes in all the formulas will change, but when you talk to anybody in marketing and you're a multiple division world champion, we see with Conor McGregor, the champ, champ shit. Fucking rub it in your face. He's a champ, champ. Okay. I'm building this, right? Double champ. Double, double champ. champ. It's a double <laughs> champ. Um, how intriguing, my friend. Taylor, just, we're not talking moving up for the world championship. Stay, keep doing Oleg. Run that fucking run that bitch the 17th straight, man. Be 44 and let some let some kid come and get you. But what if at some point you just fucking do one international somewhere along the line, just take that fucking world record? What you know what's funny is that there was there was another podcast I won't mention names. Um and one of the guys was like, I'm tired of hearing Taylor uh say that he's moving up to 83s it's like well you're going to continue to hear it bitch <laughs> so <laughs> if you're listening fuck you um 80 83s if i want to move up i'll move up uh and, and i'll continue to talk about it but anyway so it is intriguing man like seeing seeing russ do that seeing leah do it um it's it's always been intriguing right like I almost beat the 83s as a 74. <laughs> like, I, I didn't think that was even possible. And, and I'm like, I want to continue my dominance in 74s, but it's like starting to get boring. Um, like, I, I Austin underperformed, right? Like, at the Virginia Pro, I thought he was going to crush and he did not. So, ah, like, <laughs> 
I may I may say deuces. <laughs> Permanently so I, or just could you you could do like Leah oh, and come back? Yeah, look, hey, oh I just mentioned this on my new YouTube video uh, for okay. the Sheffield. I was I was breaking down my prior meets back in 2018. Arnold, I was watching your at video. At the Arnold, I beat Russ. Oh shit. I beat Russ. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. So what happened was SBD had the Grand Prix that was in the e- actual expo. And then USAPL had their meet in the little grand hall outside of the expo. And that, Russ was lifting out there. I was lifting in the uh, SBD Grand Prix. And what happened was the SBD Grand Prix was strictly based on Wilkes. So I went in and just weighed in at, like I think, like 76 or something. Um, and I totaled seven eighty two and a half, and a half. So I competed in the 83 class, uh, technically, and Russ was lifting at the exact same time I was. So like simultaneous, just in different venues, he got seven eighty. So I beat him by two and a half kg. And I didn't even know that happened. I walk outside the venue after we were done lifting and everything. And they were like, yo, you know, you just beat Russ. And I was like, no, no. So right now I'm 1-0 against Russ. (laughs) I didn't even realize that. You know what? I think I remember that at the time. I think I do remember this at the time. And that obviously that win has grown in significance. At the time, Brett was the world champ, though. That's why it wasn't quite. Because 2018, Brett won. 2019, Russ took. So you would have beat. You would have. If Russ was the reigning world champ, it would have been a whole nother. But, um, I mean, look yeah. at man, it, you wouldn't, cause you don't got to go full 83 neither. Who's kidding? Who you, 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 you just, you just, you know, you could do enough that you could cut back to 74 in due time. Like after worlds is done, um, you know, just fucking enjoy life. Playboy, get up there, you know, I definitely thought about it that, it, and we've talked about this numerous times, man. Like, I just don't know when. When do I go up? I don't know. It, I think it will be inevitable. Um, but I just Gavin, don't know when. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin, you face, got Gavin. an answer. You got an answer. Bro, what the fuck are you talking about? The time is of the essence, my friend. I don't think you understand. You've done what you can do. You you did it. You did it. All right? 74 is done. You cleaned up. Okay? You <laughs> bought the home. For, you renovated it. You flipped it for a freaking 700% profit. Listen, 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 listen. If, let me put it this way. We've said this. If you don't do it, I will. You know what I mean? If you don't do it, somebody else will. You know what I'm saying? So so move, brother. You see it. I think I think now this is the year. I think, Dude, I think you should pull up to the Sheffield freaking... Oh, Whatever weight you want to pull up at. Now you want to lose money, know. huh? Can, can I can I do that? Yes. But but you can it, pull up at any you could pull up at any weight. I thought you had to compete yeah. what you competed with at worlds. No, nah, you could pull up at whatever weight, but the problem is you have to you're now to win that money, you gotta break that freaking weight class. So yeah. if you're gonna win Sheffield by whatever percentage, you gotta beat 83. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. so then all of a sudden all Jesus Oliveira's like, oh fuck yeah, thank you. Jesus, that's yeah. gonna be tough. <laughs> you know, so that's the incentive. Um, so like a guy like Eddie Berglund, for instance, I think he's he's committed to 74. And um, I don't think he's pulling up as a 66. So I mean, he's not, you know, I, I, he's broken the record at 66. But I yeah. think he's committed to seventy four, so it is what it is. Okay, 
Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, look, I I think that uh, I don't know if next year can be it though because I've heard that potentially I don't I don't know this is just rumbling. Uh, we have Sheffield in October again. I think I thought maybe it was this year, first year. The next one is all the way around the calendar, all the way back again, then October, if that makes sense. So essentially, okay. that's a long way saying October. I was yeah, nothing I was, for sure I, though. I, again, like okay. you. Like you, this is not an official statement or anything like that, but I don't think it'll be that quick of a turnaround uh, from one to two. There's there's always those like other international meets, like people did the Arnold UK. There's like the North American Championship. There's like the uh, Reykjavik Games in January. So there's always like a meet. If it fits your schedule, you can like hop over there, just weigh in like 75 and break the world record total there. From there, it just depends on whether you'd actually want to go to Worlds as an 83 and win a world title. That's right. That's right. Because how, how would that even work? Because um, Powerlifting American Nationals is in February. So right. would I have to... I wouldn't be able to compete as an 83 at worlds. Typically, typically they'll let lifters go up and down depending on, you know, what space is available and if it helps out the team and stuff like that. It just might mean that they might want you to not move up because if you move up, then you and Delaney are in the same weight class or whoever gets yeah. the 83 spot and you're getting less team points rather than if you both were separate, then you can win like double gold that way. Um, but they may still let you do it. Like that's worlds, but you could do obviously the first half of of look at how we're fucking already we're laying down the path here for our mans but um <laughs> we could and right now jason's listening is like fucking stop right now you fucking guys but um you could do the first half as a 74 worlds is done in june and then you just for the next few months you don't have to bulk 70 my man said 75 you could do 77 kilo 78 kilo that's you easily get back there in a 74 it's not like you have to walk around 74 so you yeah. go up to 77 78 you know 78 and a half whatever the shit and you pick something in the second half and you're like, did you guys enjoy that first half? You're going to fucking love the second. Wait till, wait till, wait till the second, wait till the third act of this show. And you just, Ryan, quick, and there's so many competitions. Ryan, quick question for you. If Taylor bulks up, cause he probably, I think Taylor walks around at 75. So if Taylor bulks up to like 77, 78, do you think he can bench 500 pounds? Imagine what just happens to your squat. <laughs> but that that 475 wasn't a max effort wasn't max effort and he's you know it felt good man that's, you know you, you i think i could it's i think it's possible listen it's, unpeaked i hit 475 215 yeah people were like two 225 maybe there it's maybe 27 uh, and a half it's on the table and then, and then from there, if you want to continue reign at 74 because and just do a stupid dominance of 17 titles in a row, cool. Or if you're like, yeah, or if you're, I think, man, to, to not that I got FOMO from Russ being the double champ, uh, but it's like, I haven't done that. So it's like, fuck, my competitiveness is like, shit, now I have to go up to 83 to listen. We said this though. Did we not say this? We said this at Iron Vault months ago. Yes. yes we said we this. Did. We said we who, who said it. I said it. Listen, listen, <laughs> all I'm saying is we're just asking you, we're asking you to finally, for the first time in your life, not be selfish and think about the people. Think about what they want. Think about, think about the legacy. Think about your son. All right. And what you're going to tell <laughs> <Your> son. <laughs> when or your son. <laughs> Taylor's like, what the fuck? You want to be the guy that says, I'm sorry, son. I could have been a double champ, but I chose not to. I chose not to. I kept uh, pushing it back. 
<laughs> the one good thing is um, also people will start calling, saying like double champ, um, even though you don't have to give up the world title, you just have to take the world record. You know, leave the world title. Yeah, you could. You, so the world title dynasty that you're building never has to stop, um, and you can win as many of those as possible. Just the world record, which could be the back half. And then if someone takes the world record back, you'd be like, say less. Let me go again. I'll see you. I'll see you in the second half of the next year. And let me try to get it back from you. Oh, so you, you got options. There's so many options to play with as opposed to committing all year round. It's been done. It's proven it's been done. It can continue to be done. But um, yeah, Gavin, what about you at 105? No, no, I would no, go to 83, down. bro. That's I would right, go 83 down. for sure, 100%. Yeah, which I will. Like after I win 93s, I'll go down to 83. And then if there's anything else that's entertaining in the IPF, um, I'll stay. But if not, then I'll just I want to wipe out as many people as I can in the USAPL. You know, um, I honestly, dude, it's been a year. It's been a, almost two years since I've competed on my own soil. Like the past three or four meets I've done have all been international, which is fine. But um I miss the fun of powerlifting, you know, like right now my fun is in the grind. Like I literally just wake up, I eat, I do some work and I train in my basement and I get after it. Like that's the fun, but I do miss the hype and just the enjoyment of a quick two hour flight or a quick two hour drive, you know, stay in a nice hotel. Everybody speaks the same language, you know, you know what I mean? Like the ease of that. I miss that. Um, but I'm not here to have fun. I'm here to win, you know? And like, I know that winning is, is what will be more fun than fun, you know? So, um, I would definitely go down. I mean, my plan initially was 100% go down to 83, you know, like win 93. And unless like competition is stacked enough for me to feel like, like if SBD and everyone is like, dude, man, we need repeat battles. We want it. Like we need more battles. Then I would stay in 93. Um, but otherwise I would see who's at 83 and, and fight there. Um, yeah, I would. I think the 83s are growing to the depth that the 93s are at, which is kind of cool, you know. So I think that's going to be pretty. So is the 105s, I think. But um, yeah, I would. The, I would are you thinking the IPF? It is. I th or so USAPL. Obviously, USAPL would be the the correct answer, but I think IPF as well because if you look at Delaney, Delaney crushed it. Yeah, but then. Um, What's his name again? I'm, I'm freaking Deuce, blanking so for no reason. Deuce Gruden is coming over rumblings anyways. Nothing official. But the but 850 poll was... Uh, Deuce is a motherfucker. Yeah, and a, a horror. That's and yes. A so, yeah. and a, so, any, but there's Deuce who's like 820 range. Um, and I, there's rumblings that he's coming over as well as Sean Jin was, is murdered at Junior Nats. He did a 797 and a half like it wasn't, he just did what he needed to to win. He could have gone into 800 and um, he's going to be around like, can he He could easily throw on 20 kilo on days as well. So then on the USAPL side, they will have a lot of guys around 820 and then Russ, right? Um, not a lot of guys around 820, but a couple here and there. We know Delaney can do 822 and a half. We know Deuce is good for around 820 range. And if Sean Jin can also be around 820 range, that's three dudes. 83s us alone that'll be equivalent to usapl as well the difference is is russ right and it's it's who's going to catch up to to russ is the big one or jamar actually royster is in the 830s he's the first guy to break oh into. i forgot about bro jamar is the one guy in the us yeah J jamar is the one guy who's now broken ahead from the rest because for a long time it was like 
820 around barrier and then yeah. Russ could be right and now Jamar's entered that conversation but Jamar um, crushed it man he did amazing so now Russ has got that conversation of do I go Jamar or do I go for Brandon Petrie I still don't think Jamar is is near Russ but he certainly is now in the conversation He's got to be in the conference. Yeah, yeah. He's close enough anyways. Like, I don't think I, Russ has I don't think Russ has any competition, man, at 83. So so does he do you guys think he goes 90? He should go 90 for Brandon know, Petrie? Man. I don't know. That's tough because he's in I don't know. He's in the USAPL so I feel like there's not as much of an incentive to go 90 and stay 90 like if you went 93, right? That, 8, 8, 885 internationally at 93 wins a world championship as of right now if we look at just pure numbers. So that's an that's an incentive in my opinion, but he's not going to go IPF, right? So like for him it almost makes sense to to keep because people are now going to look forward to that Jamar Russ battle and it's finally something that's going to be cool, right? Like we all remember and I list Sean's a friend of mine, but we all remember the hype up every year. Sean's going to finally be rushed. Sean's going to finally be rushed, and nothing fucking happened. And like, but that all that did was drum up more marketing, more advertising. And now Russ is killing it with GBT. It makes sense for him to have battles. Like it almost doesn't make sense for him to have a muted 90 kg meat because it's kind of like, okay, like, and like, great. But you know, this isn't, this isn't you, you know what I mean? This is, so I think unless, unless let's say like Taylor, you know, there was a situation where if everybody meets in the middle that'd be insane like that'd be that'd be stupid that'd be sick you know so that's i think it's probably he'd, he'd probably end up going down to fight uh jamar but you know i don't know before jamar the whole talk was also with juan garris to come into usapl so yeah. like, that's like a new thing too is like if he doesn't if uh russ doesn't go back down and juan like you know wins nationals and russ isn't there then what's the talk gonna be yeah juan, 100%. we gotta see what juan does though his first you know, competition into the 83s wasn't exactly what everybody's hoping for. It wasn't like the Jamar Royster showing that we, but it it was, we'll see what he can put together. He's got some time. We'll see. The 93s, the Holy Smokes are smoking hot at the PA Nats and at world level. And it's always some good battles. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Gavin, you, you are in a red hot division, man. It is shooters all over the place in the 93s the pa that's just to make the team let alone go to uh the internationals and damn is the in terms of the the calls being made now euros was a little too much for me but the calls are very tough at, at the world level so it's, it gets tough as well saying taking people's totals from different feds and comparing them to ipf world championships because it doesn't always happen like that as well so it's, it, it it will get tough and, and rules yeah, are changing. That's actually an interesting point because I I mentioned I I posted something about that uh, my thoughts on international judging, and I got some interesting comments around like, well, it should be like the, the there shouldn't be different judging at a world level versus a national versus a local. It should all just be standard. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean. The, the thing is not always are the judges of that caliber, like literally um, they've been officiating at that level and taking their, their different, you know, tests and their, the different category refs. So maybe there's also, but that's that. the point, right? Like you don't have an NFL ref um, or yeah, NBA do a high ref. school. Yeah. Yeah. Do, right. So like I, 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 yeah, I was indifferent, but sorry. No, you're right. It, it should, isn't depth depth. Isn't um, this depth change at different levels 
fair enough. It should just depth should be depth and, and whatever the hell. The thing is though, I don't know if it's at the world level. This is where I think maybe it's happening. Initially it was at the world level. They're like, we're going to call you on that shit. Where at the local level, I think refs might be like, do I fucking call this kid on this? That's pretty close. Let's just let it go. Who gives a shit? I think that initially was how it was going. So when it was changing, it wasn't depth was depth. But I think at the worlds, they're like, well, fuck this. I got flown in. And this is for the world title. I don't think that's depth. I'm calling you. Whereas the, the same guy, you know, maybe sitting in the chair and it's a local meet. It's a fucking local high school bunch of kids coming in for the first time trying to have some fun it's right on that line you're not giving gifts but you're not sure and you're like fuck it whatever i'm not yeah. fucking letting this kid bomb you know i'm not gonna bomb this kid out and be like you fucking keep, keep that logged in your memory you might if it's egregious but you might also think differently i think that's how it happens but then at euros it appeared to me as though it was going too far and and but like i wasn't there I'm watching the stream and some of the streams are dead on and everyone knows that's not the greatest for dead on. But some of them appeared when I saw some of the replays and whatnot. I'm like, fuck, I don't know, Doug. Yeah. Might be getting a little, a little tough. That's uh, what you're saying, Ryan, is is part of like, I guess, the pros and cons because it's a similar thing with like, if people come with the wrong underwear, or maybe they're not have the right belt or something out for like a local meet, a lot of like referees or meet directors be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Just like bring the right thing next time. Or, you know, maybe just say it's fine and not even tell them that, you know, it's not the mm. legal stuff. And so then they go to nationals or whatever. And they're like, oh, but in the local meet, they told me I can wear this. Or on the local meet, my lift passes them like that. And so, yeah, it's like, it's a lower barrier of entry at the, at the lower level competitions to so like have people come in and have a good time and continue to stay in the sport. But yeah, then it's not consistent across the board. And then you go to a nationals or worlds and you get hit hard. And you're like, Oh shit, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, the inconsistency is what kills me. And I think it also Same. too, I think people forget that there's man, dude, power thing is hard enough to, to watch and enjoy. You're killing the fucking sport. Like you genuinely are when it's something where like, it's obvious that a lifter had the strength to execute the lift and to a standard. It's kind of like, like all I can think about, dude, is, and I know, Ryan, you disagree with me, but when I was commentating Jesus's session in South Africa and he was locking out those, he was locking out the deadlifts, bro, and they kept calling it. it he's a big guy. Like, I, I just... It, it blows my mind because, again, this is a contest of strength. And the problem that I have is that and I don't blame the judges for it. We are only human. I'm not saying I would do a better job if I was in the hot chair. Like it's it's got to be a long day. Like uh, trust me, I'm not at all blaming the judges. I think we need some innovation. I think it's 2022, about to be 2023. Let's see SBD. Let's see these big companies step up and create some tech that we can use in conjunction with our human judging. Like I think that that's totally feasible. Um, and personally, I I get heated, man, because we work our asses off year round. This is not a 16 game season. That's not how this works. Some of us are grinding for fucking years for nine attempts, nine attempts. I'll squat a thousand times for nine chances, not even sorry, three chances, three chances, right? To win what I've been gunning towards. And you're going to tell me that. So I, it's literally sometimes it feels like it's up to chance, bro. Sometimes like we fuck around in the back in the warm up and we're like, listen, man, you might as well just flip a fucking coin because at this point your ass could touch the floor and they're still not going to give it to you, you know? So 
that I think that it's frustrating as a lifter because you do work so hard. And when you don't have something that's supposed to be like, I, if I wanted something subjective, I'd go compete in bodybuilding. You know what I mean? So, but I'm not doing that because I don't want that. So if I start to feel like that's what the environment is and that's what these reps are gunning, like I, it starts to piss me off. You know, I feel like, well, you're not really for the lifter. You know, this is, there's gotta be something else going on. There's an ego trip. Something's going on because these calls just aren't right. Or the sport is, is headed down a path where it's hard enough to understand for most people. Most people genuinely want to see people win. They want to see success. They want to see the battle. The battle never gets to happen if you don't pull the trigger. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, it's like, if you keep calling these bullshit things, it's people start to lose interest, man. I had so many people tell me like, bro, I was watching Euros. I can't Penna bombed out and all this other stuff. And I'm I was looking at um what's his name? Cross, I, dude, I could not, could not, could not believe it. I was I thought that was depth too. Dog, but. the problem again is I don't think people understand. I I'll I will be completely transparent. I spent well over five grand personally of my own money to get to South Africa. Okay. My performance. 100%. I no matter and you know this, I believe champions take full responsibility for the outcome no matter what. But when there's money like that on the line and I, we're not getting paid by nobody, you know, IPF doesn't pay for shit. You know what I mean? So that that's just it. You know, the reality of the situation is there's too much involved for this to be left up to bullshit ass chance. You know what I mean? If we're going to be strict, let's be strict. That's fine. But be freaking consistent. Right. And that's all I'm asking for. And if you need technology to help you with that, what you do. Then let's do that. Let's let's find a way. There's ways to freaking do it. I mean, we got Elon Musk sending shit to fucking Mars. There's no way we can't figure out depth for a lifter. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just saying. But uh, yeah, as you could tell, I get very passionate about this because well, this is good. A, this because is a big issue, bro. This is a big issue. It, it definitely definitely is. And and you need to hear like all different opinions on it. Um, well, even with elbow depth now, right? Like oh, he's throwing in another arbitrary. <laughs> like again. <laughs> Well, I don't it's think like, it's gonna affect either one of you guys. No, well, it's not, it's, well you no, can't put your feet on the bench anymore, bro. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just, uh, it's it's another subjective measure thrown into the mix. Um, same with the but having to be contact with the bench now is like more subjective. I still don't know exactly what they mean by it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's tough, man. Like, imagine your mom's uh, watching from back home, and she's like, wait. He lifted it. I don't understand what happened. You know, and like that's these are the spectators. These are the this is where the money is. These kids, like this is this is it, man. And like you look at like a game like hockey. Why is the NHL? I think hockey is so much fun to watch. Like I love watching hockey in person, on TV, all that. The reason why, and this is what I've just been trying to gather as much research as I can, mainly for my own brand and my own marketing, but it spills into these sports. It's just how well can you comprehend it? Do you understand what's going on? Football is easy, man. It's moving the ball up and down the field at the end of the day, right? You score a touchdown, you're done. Rugby is almost basically the same thing. And with the exception of it not being played in the US primarily, why is it nowhere near as popular, right? Among a lot of us. If it's, we've got social media, it's, if you really boil it down, same thing with the NHL, it comes down to how easy is it to understand, right? Wrestling, same thing. A lot of people don't totally understand how wrestling works, the point system. I think it's tons of fun to watch, tons of fun to do. But at the end of the day, people just don't totally get it, right? Whereas like races and track and field, easy, one and done. We know exactly what's going on, right? So the same thing can be said for powerlifting. And the problem is that we're going in the wrong direction. We're making things way too complicated. We're over-regulating. Like I think the there needs to be a balance for sure. But um, as a lifter, 
unfortunately, there is a massive disparity between how much is done for the lifter versus how much goes against the lifter in many situations. And that's not even just the ruling. I mean, we're talking about everything from funding to all that stuff. So yeah, I definitely think there needs to be some uh, some innovation. And I don't know what's going on up top with like all these damn rules. But bro, these judges are like, again, it's nothing against them. It's long days, bro. Like a meet is minimum two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting in a chair two and a half hours, hot lights on you. It's freaking in another country. You know what I mean? You're just and you're watching the same thing over and over and over again. Meet to meet. I get it. I would mess up. You know what I mean? So let's just help people out. Let's get some, let's get some good technology. Let's call up Elon. <laughs> Taylor, you know, Elon, right? You're in the corporate world. You can give him a call. <laughs> Don't stop, he's a, he's a bit, he's a bit busy right now at Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. He might be giving it up. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Did he lose that poll? Is he giving it up? He, he lost the poll. There's rumors that he's like finding another CEO, but we'll see if he actually does it. It's the fucking wildest. But if he did that, he he probably had inklings and was ready to give it up and was like, I'd be okay to walk away. How do I walk away but look like the people's champion? Like he wants to be the people's man, the people's billionaire, if there's such a thing. The, and, but he wants to step away and he's like, I don't want this gig. I stepped in it and I don't want it. This would be the perfect way to be like, I'm a man of the people. If I get voted out, let me back away. And well, I, so I think he doesn't want it. I mean, supposedly the story underneath is that like the Tesla executives are mad that he's spending all his time on Twitter rather than on Tesla. And they're maybe looking into ways to maybe like remove him as CEO of Tesla. So this is a way to like go back to Tesla, but say, oh, you know, I followed the poll and I found another CEO to handle Twitter for me. And he's like, I believe in democracy. I believe in free speech. He's that guy. This is like his brand right now is to say all those things. So it's his way of being like, see, I gave it all up because of the poll. It's like, Mom. and that, and now I heard rumors are he's coming to the IPF. So is that right? It's a wrap. <laughs> he's going to buy us out. Seventy-four, eighty-three. It's a little bit what cheaper for him to buy an IPF. Yeah, imagine he bought the fucking IPF. Holy smokes! Um, yeah. So listen, we, we 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 let's do some of this uh, Christmas stuff, man, because we're like an hour and forty-five minutes. I mean, we, we've done some Christmas guys. stuff in a roundabout way. We heard what Gavin wants for next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all did a little bit. Okay, first off, off the hop, fellas, uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? This should be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. What are you saying, Gavin? You want to go first, Playboy? Oh, man, my favorite. I mean, Home Alone is pretty badass. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to have to go with Die Hard because that's just the OG, man. You can't. You can't. (laughs) Taylor, what are you saying? Uh, I'm going with the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Oh, shit. That was like a, a feel good movie for me when I was growing up. Okay. During fair. A, and, and the holidays, like it, it just, yeah, I liked it. Period. I mean, I don't know if I have one. I mean, Gavin gave the controversial pick whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. Everyone fights over that. I mean, Jingle All the Way is really great. I used to watch it all the time. That's why I put it up there. Uh, I'll just throw out a, a one that I saw recently, a new one, uh, is Spirited with, with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, and that one was pretty great. Not the best, but definitely something worth watching if people haven't watched it yet. I think I've even heard about that one. I'm going to go with Krampus. It's a fucking horror movie, Santa Claus one, and it's dope, <laughs> and people get killed, and it's fucking, it's it's what the holidays are all about. Um, <laughs> we'll do, a, let's do a wish list. You guys good with this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Taylor, no, Taylor's gonna go first. I need to. I need some inspiration. What? What's? What's okay. on your wish list, Taylor? Taylor, what's on your wish list, kid? Oh, this is gonna be such a vague answer, but, but I just want it to be better than twenty twenty two. 
Okay. I have a lot of things in the works right now, and I just there's a lot riding on a few things, and dominoes have to fall. And mm. there's 2023 is supposed to be a good year, so. Ooh. Okay. Wow. Maybe we'll be revisiting this when some announcements get made. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Arian, what are you saying? Uh, I didn't really come up with anything. I guess the one thing I'll throw out on my wish list, which kind of goes together with what these guys were talking about, is if the IPF could get rid of that rule that like athletes and coaches and stuff can't compete in non-WADA events, because then that allows like coaches to go back and forth and help out other athletes, but also allows things like for these athletes like Taylor and Gavin to maybe go into other meets. Like what if we did have a meet where it was Taylor versus Russ versus Gavin versus Juwan versus Anna and everything like that. We need that rule taken away in order to have those mega meets. So that's on my wish list. Oh, that's a really, but that's good a wish. water. That's a water rule. That's not it's, an IPF rule. It, right? it's, still not, a wish it's not a, still a wish list. It's not a water rule. Uh, I don't know if, powerlifting america whoever was the one who said that it is but it's not anywhere on the wada website if you go through the wada code or anything it's not there it's only listed in the ipf constitution and i also emailed the athlete support at the usada and asked them about it and they said it's not a water rule but the individual international federations are allowed to have additional rules that they want and they said that's within the rules so i have the email from usada as well saying it's not a water rule Oh, wow. So technically, technically, the IPF can change this rule, especially if someone when they're up for every every four years where you can change bylaws and constitution, someone can put a proposal in, I believe it's 2025, because it's supposed to be the year after Olympics to take that rule away. And then they have to vote on it. I actually want to bring somebody on from WADA um, at some point on the podcast. So anyways, uh, that's a good one, Dougie. Gavin? Gavin? Did we inspire? You want me to go first? Mm, no, I got this. All right. Okay. I, I I wish my competitors the best of luck in 2023. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hard year for them, honestly. I genuinely wish them the best. My soul is hungry for success. My bones, they're yearning to feel the weight of the world, brother. I'm telling you, this is it. Um no, man, I my wish list, it's probably similar to Taylor, man. I got a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of stuff, a lot of changes, a lot of evolution. I just uh I just hope for opportunities and uh and the courage to seize them and the ability to support others who are looking for the same, you know, the the ability to kind of help lift other people up and inspire other people um who are trying to be the best versions of themselves, the strongest versions of themselves. And I, as you guys know, I mean, I I believe everybody's capable of something fucking great. So that is 100% on my wishes. I want to see everybody win. I want to see everybody eat. And uh, and I'm starving, man. So let's let's get it. You should have said, um, I wish the greatest, you know, all the luck in the world for all my competitors because that silver medal is going to be so fucking sweet when I get that. <laughs> and, um, I don't know who's going to get it. I don't know which one of them is going to get that silver. But it's uh, hats off to you in advance because that's, <laughs> that's awesome. What achievement you should be proud of. Um, okay. So I got some uh, already hit up. I would love to see Taylor uh, apparently revisit 2018 and um, go up to 83 for us for the world record, a swing at world record and see what he does at around, you know, 77, 78 kilos, whatever the hell I would like to see Ray Williams versus Jesus Oliveras in 2023. I think we've been waiting long enough. That's high on my, my uh, wish list. Let's see these two Titans. Um, we've Ray had just competed. That's it. He's qualified for PA Nats. PA Nats is 
is look at 93 is gonna love be to see it too man. yeah it's, love it's to see gonna it. be bonkers p nats has got some showdowns and we got a whole bunch of women coming over as well now so p nats is gonna have some firefights um but that's a big one it's been a while since we had a super heavyweight clash like that and uh if the torch has got to get passed let it pass on the platform not on open powerlifting i'm hoping it's on uh it's at sheffield i really hope svd invites ray can can sort I it really out. Really do. Um, yeah, so 2023, regardless, I want I need to see it on the platform. And um, I also want to see on the same platform Bob Matthews, Ashton Rouska, and uh Keenan Lee from from Korea, who just he just competed in Korea as well. And he did yeah, he just crushed seven and a half. I want to see them all head to head though. Like I like the you know the passing of the but let's get them all on the same platform if possible. I know uh, Keenan actually was in the U.S. and lived there for I, th- I think he might have been um, and he was there for a while anyway. So I don't know if he he should be able to come back. Travel shouldn't be an issue in terms of um get finding a spot. It's probably going to be in the U.S. I'm assuming if they're going to all clash, possibly Mega Nats. I don't know how everybody's schedule opens up. I don't know why Keenan has been there previously, but let's get him over there for 2023. So, and another one, I want to see John Hack at Sheffield. He's not going to be competing, but let's fucking get him out there anyways. How awesome would that be if John Hack shows up at Sheffield? He's like the ultimate troll of the background, just having fun. We shoot a lot of amazing content with that guy. And maybe he could put on a little exhibition lift or whatever the shit, and we'll have some fun with it. Um, And that's always fun. So there's my Christmas wish list. I don't know how many of those I'm going to get. But I made it official, and I think it's going to happen. Annual world peace or whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> let's let's talk about the naughty list, fellas. I'll, I'll fly off the top, my naughty list. First off, um, the European officiating. I saw some people bomb out, and I wasn't happy about that. I'm going to throw that on my naughty list. I don't know who was who, and I'm not going to na- mention names anyways. But... Let's not, let's not, you know, a lot of big people, number one nominations bombed out and that, that definitely hurt. So, um, that goes on my naughty list. Uh, let me see also here. Um, I got our boy, uh, Sean Jin, who I, I met in person at the junior worlds. My man's a spicy character on that IG. Um, hats off to him. My man, he, he's spicy. He's a bad boy. He'll take to IG and he doesn't do it in a hot take scenario where he's being somebody he's not and trying to be extra and trying to be big. There's like that social media is flooded with that. He's shooting from the hip. And, um, and so when I put him on the night list, I'm not saying that he's actually the bad guy. I'm saying you need some of these people. Okay. They're necessary. And uh, he will shoot from the hip and call out um, regardless of how it might impact him. And uh, I respect that. So I put him on the night list with love. Another another two two other characters I'm going to put on the naughty list. KOTL frequent guest appearances, <laughs> and um, one of them is on this podcast. The other one is booked for the very next podcast. <laughs> Taylor Atwood, whether it is uh, Rondell Hunt. Or whether it's, uh, you know, moving up to, let, let me, I, I got a list here. Whether it's Rondell Hunt, whether it's John Hack, who would set the world on fire or sliding into Bob Matthews when he's replaying his dots and you said, and this was fucking gold, you go, yeah, but only because I let you. And it was the ultimate villain. Um, 
I appreciate it. You already know I fucking I like I'm in mean, Bob Matthews, so get his right. He knows what he is. But and same with John. But like um it is what it is, man. I fucking I love the you can talk your shit, and it's the same thing. The next gentleman that I was talking about is Russ. Um, I, I Russ is coming returning to the podcast. We've already booked him. Um, but this is what happens if you get dominant and um it's one thing to say it on the way up. It sounds cute, kind of, right? It's another fucking thing to say it. Like, just you win your first one. Oh, fuck. Imagine that he realizes his, his, his dream. But when you keep winning, and this is what's happening to Russ now, you stick around long enough. You're too fucking dominant. You become the Yankees. You become the Bulls. And I was around for the, the 90s Bulls. And I remember if you were a Bulls fan, some people are like, that's fucking easy. You're, you know, yeah, a Bulls fan. Like who, you root for the Bulls? Because everyone can root, like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the most beloved and hated at the same time. And um, and that's why Russ is posting Instagram stories of of uh, Michael Jordan in his in his uh, he was on it he was on his shit after he man. was on his was, shit. that was hilarious he's gone you know he it's it's weird because I remember years previous he wasn't quite as spicy I don't think but maybe just feeling a, a little more spicy or maybe just like ah whatever I don't know well, whatever it, yeah so I I was in uh, Vegas with Delaney and. <clears throat> Delaney showed me because I, I like we woke up I think it was like Sunday morning when I found out and uh he was like yo Russ just beat Petrie in, in the 90s and I was like what no way and then I start I went on his page and he started posting all those stories yeah. and it was absolutely hilarious but I was like I was talking to Delaney and I was like you know uh shit where was I going <laughs> It's too late for me, fellas. What was I gonna say? What were you? What were you talking about, Russ? What? Russ being on his shit. Um, um, Russ, because because we we're, we're talking about oh fuck no, I've lost it. <laughs> you said <laughs> you said Russ is getting spicy, at a, getting and, spicy. and he used to not be spicy in in the run of dominance where you're you're like the Yankees and people eventually start rooting against you because who cheers for the Yankees after a while. And some people do, obviously people, you become polarized. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I got it. I got it. I got it. So what we were talking about is Russ being on his shit, but like having, having this, like, I think a lot of people, when he started talking his shit about like being the hardest worker. Yes. Uh, so like dots and so on and so forth. Like the whole, the whole, like this troll community came after him. So like I, because I, I was asking Delaney, I was like, "You're close with with like Flex and and kind of what's going on." Like, who hates Russ? Like he's got he's got the biggest following uh, out of any power lifter. He's the most influential, in my opinion. Um, like, who really like dislikes him? And he was like, "Bro, a lot of people." I was like, "Well, who who that matters, right? Like, who that matters dislikes Russ." He, we were talking about that, and I was like, I can't really, I don't know anyone personally, uh, uh, maybe a few, but nonetheless, like it, no one that like really, really matters, um, their opinion wise, because uh, I was like, where is this coming from? Like, why is he talking like down to the <laughs> to, to everyone? I didn't understand it. I was like, he do really do people like really hate him? And he's like, like talking his shit because I, I, I was like, was someone in the 83s talking or was someone in the 90s? I, di I didn't know. So 
um I, I was confused but he it, he was on it it's so his okay it, it's from everything now if you if you're too dominant for too long and i'm sure you you understand when rush shows up in a fucking suit that became a something he showed up in a suit and By some the people, way, some Jason, people... Jason Tremblay started that in 2015 yeah. at the Arnold. So, like, if any, like, Russ made it popular, but like, Jason was the wave. <laughs> He's the wave. He started that wave. He, he started, started it in the back. I got to give props where props Russ, is due. Russ brought that wave to shore where everybody could see it. Jason started that fucking wave about 300 miles out. That's and it's right. just a little, a little bit of a simmer there. <laughs> just but, a little. Uh, <laughs> Russ rode that motherfucker into the shore, took some bodies. Um, but whether it was just the suit, whether it was the comment about working super hard, everyone fucking says they work super hard. But it like the thing is, I think you people get sensitive about you. You're too strong, too long, too dominant, too long, and they fucking want you to. I I, I want this guy to lose, you know. And um, because it's oh, nothing yeah. too That's, crazy. That, to I get that a lot, man. Yo, I know you for sure. People like it's different when you show up smiling all like, hey, fellas, who's, uh, how's everything? I want to wipe the smile off his face, but like, nobody ever has. Nobody can. <laughs> it's like, God fucking damn it. You know what I mean? Um, Look, and this is another thing that I hate. Like people, they, they say that I talk shit and I do this and I do that. And sure, probably I do. But it's like, again, it's a fact. But when I was going through the fucking grind of getting to where I'm at, I didn't say a fucking word. I didn't come on to KOTL and say that I'm better than anyone ever. And like now it's like when I am the best and I am saying what I want to say, it's a problem. And it's like, well, no, I, I had to eat shit first to be able to be where I'm at today. So I, I mentioned it when I first hit the 838 and a half, I came on to here. I was like, I'm going to talk my shit now. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, been pent, it's been pent up <laughs> for years, for years. And like, whether you hate it or love it, like I, I don't care about your opinion. I'm going to continue to do me. It's a fact. I'm the best in the world. So like, just sit back and enjoy the show, baby. Yeah, it's, I, it, I go ahead. I man. don't know. I I think I think a lot of people that have problems with it comes from like a place of insecurity. Like at the end of the day, if you're confident, especially in your own work ethic in yourself as an athlete, then really the only reaction you have to let's say like what Russ is doing is you know what I respect what he did and I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to say that right, and I think I have the ability to do that. So I'm gonna get to work kind of thing right as opposed to like oh look at you fuck you you know you're a piece of shit why are you not it's like bro dude what the fuck all you're doing is exposing yourself you're exposing your lack of strength you're exposing your opinion literally of yourself because you think you if you're gonna hate something like that i've found it's usually because you it makes you feel inferior it makes you feel uncomfortable in some way you know and like that's unfortunate and i only know that because there was a time in my life as for most of us where I was that kid who was insecure about my work ethic or was insecure about my abilities. And it's because I wasn't working as hard as I was saying I was, right? And this, you have to go through that to learn that. But yeah, I, I think, listen, man, first of all, I think people forget that Russ, he, he's got a business that's doing extremely well. He's got a culture now that he's influencing, like literally influencing 
that's doing extremely well, that's growing. He's arguably the most popular by-demand powerlifter in the sport, right? So when you add all of these things together, you kind of get to talk your shit. Like you kind of get to say what you want to say, right? And like respectfully, if you have something against it, then do better. Like in my mind, I see that. And again, like I have so much respect for what he's built. I'm not going to put him on a pedestal ever, but I have a lot of respect for what he's built. In my mind, it's like, well, he just showed me what's possible. Now I can go beyond that. Like, of course, 100%. If he has 465,000 followers on Instagram, I want 500,000. I want a million. I want to bury it. And it's not out of disrespect. It's purely just like, it actually is a respectful thing, right? It's competition. He did 885 as a 90. It's it's unacceptable for me to not do anything less than 900, right? Or anything more than 900, right? So like as a 93. So for me, I look at that and it's like, bro, this is just, please, please give me more fuel. Like I, I want it. You know what I mean? Like you, I think you'd, I do think though, it's funny because like, there's so many subcultures to powerlifting. And like when I saw like Taylor talking to shit to hack and shit, like I have friends that are in untested and they're like, oh, who does Taylor think? And I was like, bro, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't even fucking, don't talk about my boy like that. Get the fuck out of here. And it wouldn't offend my you man. if you didn't think it was right. You know what I mean? But like, it's just funny because there's so many subcultures and like, like flex, like team flex is its own culture. You know what I mean? And then there's like all of like just the, the tested side that's its own culture. It's just so, it's so weird. But, uh, and then you got like the Fortino culture, the two white lights culture. It's just weird. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you got all these little factions and pieces and everybody's like soft and shit. It's bro. This is sports. This is competition. Like, I don't know. We lift weights, you know, we're not like getting in a ring, but like, this is sports. Like this is, this is what grows. This is what makes it fun. You know? So I don't know. I, I, I get why people are upset, but I do think it's, uh, I think they're exposing themselves a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, Probably. I, I would agree because I think it's awesome. Another thing, um, Taylor will never miss an opportunity. I remember when Enahara was on the podcast and he got a huge pop because it was after Worlds. He had that huge 847 pound, 385 kilo deadlift trying to win the 83 kilo title. And everybody from like, even Bob Matthews came on here and said, that was the single greatest lift I've ever seen in a powerlifting competition, not Worlds period in powerlifting competition and it was a miss and bob matthews like that was probably number one in, in my books i've ever seen and, and that's how hype it was so when anna Horo came on the podcast everyone's all high on him and he gave the sound bites he's supposed to give and he was like um i'm gonna lure russ back we have you know he gave all that juice okay and uh without fucking every taylor recognizing the temperature in the room being like everybody's <laughs> hot on my man right now he came on the very next podcast and dropped that fucking sign by don't worry about Russell or he, my man, you worry about Taylor Atwood. And it was like, boom, there it is. That's exactly, you know, it's the temperature in the room knowing everyone's hot on this. I'm on, I'm on the podcast again and here we go. And, um, and again, you're allowed to talk your shit because you're Taylor Atwood and you've done your thing, but also to the point again, like have a little fun. It was fun. It's fun. We're all having fun here. Whatever. It's not insulting. It's not demeaning. It's just, you know, take a look at this direction. I remember afterwards shooting a message to Delaney. He was like, my man, took what you were supposed to say, my man. That should have been your line. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't let him take, you know, but it, whatever it is, what it is. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think people should get mad at this is sports, man. To Gavin's point, it's fucking sports. It, it, yeah, it got it got a bit like when I was talking my shit about like John or any of the other lifters, like 
some of the comments that I were seeing was like, I want to beat you up or I'll see you what? outside or <laughs> I, I dead. I'm dead serious about this. They were like, you can't run away from a gun. And I'm like, what the f- like, what? it's it's getting to that point. Like you're that sensitive to me saying something that has about, about nothing John, to John, do with you. John probably doesn't even know who has the- nothing to do with you. John doesn't even know who the fuck that guy probably is, and he's willing to take a life. But that's if you that's say you're better thing. than John Hack, I'll take your life. That's the it's thing, like, man. Like it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Dude, if John is at Sheffield in any kind of capacity, you guys will have photos together. It'd be whatever, and that same dude will see the pictures and be like, "Dude, do you fucking see, bro?" They don't give a shit themselves. This is all just banter, man. It's all just well, a bait banter. Yeah, like I, I have DMs with John afterwards. Like we're we're boys. We're we're okay. <laughs> yeah, well, dude. I, I will say, I will say though, like if I try at least for myself, because I'm not I don't think I'm at the level yet where I can really say anything. And I always also too, I think my personality is more like, you know, focus on yourself, let everybody else do their shit. But if I say it, I'm going to mean it. Like, I'm not going to, it's not like, like if I genuinely come out and say, no, motherfucker, like I genuinely do not like you. I don't fuck with you. Then I mean what I'm saying. So it's not going to be like buddy, buddy behind closed doors, you know, and at least I try and keep it that way. Right. Um, But, but I don't think like Taylor or John ever said anything that was coming at either of their necks you know what i mean it wasn't like oh fuck you there was no insults you know what i mean it was just it was just people stating facts and making a debate it's right a sports debate yeah and like i think the same thing with russ like i don't think i mean i don't really follow it too closely i don't really care that much to be honest but like from what i'm seeing everybody talking shit about it's like when did when is he saying oh you know delaney i i beat you i'm better than you i'm better than you. it's not what he's saying is what he did that's it you just don't like the sound of it you know what i mean like that so to me i think it's it's not really insulting you know it's not meant to be that way it's it's genuinely just like i think taylor puts it perfectly he's like look man there's it's i'm just speaking the truth like that's it if that offends you that's not my fucking problem you know what i mean but like that that is the reality i'm just speaking the truth so yeah but it dude if john pulls up bro you you should fight him <laughs> you, 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 John pulls up, bro. I'm gonna fucking shoot him because you know what? I'm like, yeah, right. yeah. I thought, but um, oh, no. But man. sports debate is what we do. We debate sports. If you can't debate sports and be like, leave it on the table afterwards, you must not have friends you drink beers with. Because I, I got friends like my boys from like fucking back in high school, and you will get drunk and be yelling, talking about Dan Marino. Don't you got to be careful on these fucking debates, my friend. But I've had friends like it is, but it you, that should be safe. Sports should always be safe to debate. We're not talking politics and religion and all the rest of it. Sports, come on, man. If we if we're not allowed to debate who's the best in powerlifting, the only you know what separates aside this conversation a little bit on the last podcast with Natalie Richards. We're interesting in powerlifting because there are other sports that are kind of our size. They're in the Olympics, like fucking hurdles or pole vault, high jump, whatever the fuck. They don't have the culture powerlifting has and the influence powerlifting has. And nobody gives a shit about debating who's the best pole vaulter of all time or whatever the shit. But powerlifting, not in the Olympics, not a major sport like baseball, hockey, none of those things. But we have that. So when people want to say, don't have these sports debates like the big boys do, you don't think the big sports are debating right now if Messi is the greatest of all time? Of course. Or or LeBron or, or Jordan? Of course. 
once we start feeling like the big boys and we have for real debates and our fucking goats, like Taylor start talking and Russ start talking and we're like, no, you shouldn't talk like them, please. No, 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 no. Stay small. Stay small for me. Stay like you're a fucking Olympic hurdler and just, dog, we ain't going to get there. Our, our people got charisma and our people are larger than life and whatever, man. Just let us have this. Let us just talk some bullshit. And it's just sports. And it's just a sports debate. Nobody's getting like, this guy's an asshole in real life, you know, and, or whatever the shit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't crossed those barriers like that. Um, and some people in real life, real life will have issues with people because they actually know each other in real life or whatever. That's different. When it comes to sports debates, that should be safe. You should be able to debate sports anyways. Mm. What are we doing here? Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> put, fucking put Taylor, Taylor pulling up like the Grinch right now, bro. I can't believe it. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty dude. We have good conversations, fellas. We just, I was doing a, a naughty list and we ended up going all over the place. That's when you got a good panel. Um, <laughs> did you guys have a naughty list? Or fucking, I, I don't even know. I think I'm done there with that. I'm not giving any sound bites on that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Erin, you got a naughty list, Playboy? I do. I, I will say I do, but I'm not gonna I'm Gavin's not gonna give him a platform. Is Gavin one, two, and three? <laughs> I, I don't I don't have any names, but I'll just say again, I think I said last year too, all the people who failed their drug test. I was looking through it right now and there's like a dozen people in USAPL and close, I think 30 or more in, in IPF. It's a big year in IPF for failures. Wow. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like better testing strategy or more tests or maybe people during like the pandemic were maybe trying to cheat because there was less testing and now there's more testing but for whatever reason there seems to be a lot of failures this year and i think we all kind of agreed that like hey if you want to take drugs and your country allows you to take drugs or whatever or buy whatever you, that's fine that's on you but go the untested route don't come into the tested and take all that stuff and try and like claim that you're natural and win titles and try to profit off it all that stuff like that just stay where you are so Seems like a lot more people are getting caught. You know, if you're if you're taking stuff, uh, go untested, or else they're going to catch you. Because um, obviously, it, it makes us look bad and it holds us back too for trying to get farther and farther as far as like IOC recognition, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that's well said, dude. You look, look at a lot of things; you impact yourself. You do something like that, you can impact. You can get your federation suspended, and you do set everybody back quite a bit. And especially in a sport like ours, where we have an untested, that's actually like some sports don't have untested fucking versions of and uh, we do so just play in your sandbox man yeah. well i think that that that's the key uh ryan what you just mentioned is like it's not the ipf uh lifters or officials or even the ipf themselves think that we're better than or higher than it's like if we get popped three lifters within a calendar year the federation gets suspended so like all everyone that's doing their doing it right they now get punished for three people that did something wrong hmm. so like it's 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 not us hopping on a high horse or anything and trying to be better than because personally i don't give a shit if you're taking any drugs again just don't come into a tested federation and try to get away with it mm -hmm. um I, i'm boys with many people that take drugs um Gavin. and Exactly, Gavin. <laughs> There's the Gavin. Listen, we're all just trying to out Gavin. Right now. Gavin, we're just this is an intervention right now. Come off you shit, dog. You're way too thick. <laughs> it's the it's the uh monetary fine is looking too chiseled, bro. 
Hey, bro, listen, my, my nutrition coach, Kedrick Taylor knows, man, he, he gets it right, dog. This is, yeah, what can I say, it, man? He gets it right, man. Uh, I was going to say, adding on to what Taylor said, there's the monetary fine as well. So like USA is a brand new federation now, Powerlifting America. They're just getting started building up from a bank account of zero or negative. And there is a USA person who just failed. That's a 2000 euro fine that could have been used for something else. It could have been invested the nationals, put in the marketing, given to a secretary, whatever like that. But now you have to pay the IPF for that fine. Damn. Yeah. It was surprising. That dude, I think was a master lifter too. I looked him in. I'm not trying to. That's wild. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Send him the bill, it? baby. Send him the Send bill. Hey, the they, they do, but most people will just take their suspension, not pay the bill and just never come back. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, I got one more because I, I know Taylor's got to bounce. And Taylor said two hours and fucking we are the worst for maintaining our timelines. I'm not going to keep the goat much longer. I just want to do this one because I want to finish off on a good note. Um, like the, like a, a positive. All of them, we turn our shit into positives like with our discussion. But let me just say, um, I want to do a grateful four. And uh, we, you guys can jump in with a grateful four if you want as well. But for really real, man, I am extremely grateful for King of Lifts as a podcast, as a fucking, it is crazy when I think about, like, I met you guys through King of Lifts. I met so many people through King of Lifts. And there are moments in my life since 2016, so much has changed. Like in my personal life, there's been good moments, tough moments. And there are moments that are like extremely hard that I don't bring to King of Lifts and talk about, but I'll sit down and twice a fucking week for the past six years, I'll have somebody to talk about two for two hours. And it impacts you, man. And you build these relationships. And um, I always had that. And I appreciate that on a selfish level, just being able to, and when everyone's in isolation, I fucking always had conversations with people twice a week. And uh, the people I've met and the people I've seen grown talking about, like you guys, you know, like specifically, like me and Arian talk every goddamn week now. And we see each other and it's like, holy shit, you're in Toronto and I want to link up. Let's let's link up. Or Taylor, I met, I knew you before you were the goat. And now for us to be talking like this is crazy, man. Yeah. You know, and, and when we see each other, you know, it's like, you know, we know each other, man. I know your family and shit. And yeah. to like Gavin, whom, you know, in the past year, doggy, it's crazy. Well, the adventures we've been, I can't believe we know each other just a little over a year and all the things we've done together would never have happened. If I didn't meet you guys through King of lifts, the podcast, um, and, and I'll tie that into how grateful I am for like commentating, be flown around the world to meet people like, and have these events. It's not small. It's not small. And I don't take that shit for granted. Like, I swear to God, it, I don't mention a lot of things. Like nobody really, I'm not the dude who puts my personal life out there, but there are moments where like King of is huge having, having these relationships and everything. There's one thing you got. So one thing I, for sure, if I'm going to say grateful fucking this is, is having this. And uh, tonight was just a pretty lame old whatever night, Tuesday night, right? We had a good fucking conversation, gentlemen. We said, you don't get this. Some people don't get this. We sat down, we talked about our craft. We talked about something we're passionate about. So niche, so many people wouldn't even get it. And uh, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful we have this, man. And we, we have relationships to be able to do this. In a platform, I'm grateful for the platform. People will listen to what we're saying right now. Fucking India, Japan, all over Europe, US, whatever. I fucking can't take that for granted. 
So anyways, uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to save that for last because I knew we we're going to go all over, have some fun and debate and whatever. But uh, it's the holidays, man. You got to you got to somebody's got to ha- drink too much and have one of these talks, right? <laughs> Stand up at the dinner table, get all emotional. It's have one of these, have one of these. Um, so there it is. There's mine. Would uh, anybody anybody got one? Uh, a grateful for that you want to throw out there? Um. Well, I mean, of course, I'm extremely grateful for all that I have and all the people I get to share what I have with. Obviously, the people on this podcast, but that extends way beyond, you know, obviously family and friends, but also everybody who just takes time out of their day, not just to follow along with what I do, but to engage with what I do. And um, and even, you know, grateful for the opportunity to to live up to the inspiration, you know, and, and to live up to the standard that I've set for myself. And I think that some maybe some of the standards that other people have uh, other people have set. Um, but there's one moment that I think I'm extremely grateful for out of all 2022 was uh, at South Africa at the world championship. It was the second meet my family ever went to. The first meet they ever went to was my very first meet, which was New Jersey States um, and back in 2019. So this was the second time they've ever come to come to a meet to see me compete. And it was at my, you know, my second world championship and I lost, I placed fourth. And I have a very close relationship with my family, especially my mom. And so after I lost, I, you know, it's obviously, it's very emotional. It's frustrating. There's a lot that goes into it. And especially for that prep specifically, I felt like I was in one of those mental states of like, man, dude, what the fuck else could I have done? I really thought I did everything I could do. And, uh, and I'm walking out. My mom knows what's going through my head. She sees me walking out of the, uh, the, um, the place and she's following me and we walk outside and it's dark and it's cold and I'm standing there. And, you know, you, you just can't help it. You know, I, I just started crying a little bit and, and I started just fuck, like, all the self-doubt, all that shit. And, you know, and she just, she, she gave me a hug and she reminded me, she's like, you need to remember who the fuck you are. And you need to remember that, you know, you, you give 110% every single day of your life. And then there's nothing to regret. You know, you never doubt yourself for a second. These, these lows are necessary. You have to fail, period. You know, we, we fall so we can rise kind of thing. And that, that whole situation, uh, I'm extremely grateful for because of, of course it, it reminded me that first of all, what matters is my relationships that I have and, and how that's grown me. But, um, it reminded me of what got me to where I am, you know, and it's just that dirt, just eating the fucking dirt. You know, if you want a tree to grow, you got to plant the fucking roots in some damn dirt, dude. You know, you got to go through that grind, you got to fail. And, uh, that reminded me how, how, much I need to embrace the suck. And um, so I'm extremely grateful for that because I think it's leading to some amazing opportunities I can't necessarily talk about right now. But uh, for 2023, there's some amazing opportunities coming up that, you know, I think I needed that in order to know how to prepare for for these amazing opportunities coming up. So yeah, long-winded answer, but that's what I'm going to No, dude, for. this is what we're doing right now, apparently. Dude, there's nothing like something when your mom tells you, um, I remember one time I was this like fucking years ago and I was doing like motivational speeches to these kids at cancer camps. And, um, I remember it's going through some shit and I was about to pull out of this thing that was getting like too big and uh, I felt like, fuck, I don't think I could do this. You start getting a little bit of imposter syndrome and I'm like, fucking, I think I might just fucking pull out or whatever. And my mom said one thing to me, she's like, is that what you told those kids? And I was like, fuck one line like is that the talk you gave them 
And now it's like, be the person you pretended you were going to be. You told, you know what I mean? Like if that's without saying that second line, it was essentially be the person that you said you were going to be. And I was like, holy fuck. When it comes from your mom, you read, it's different playboy. You're like, I'll never forget. This is years ago. I'll never forget that. And whenever I say something and I start thinking about pulling out, I remember that you'll go back to certain things and be like, Oh shit. Now nah, be the person that you said you were. Some people are watching. Some people are watching that take inspiration. And I don't got like, I don't got to tell you guys, um, you know, some people are watching that take inspiration. So sometimes when you feel so dead, like, no, nah, I am not, I am that guy. Um, who wants to go next? You know, my dad always says, be the guy that your dog thinks you will. Are. <laughs> That's impossible. Dog. You think a dog thinks you're perfect. The guy, you know what I mean? They see no harm in you at all. You're the, you know. That's a good expression. <laughs> who want? Who wants? Who wants? I the could go next. Now? So okay, I, yeah. So what I'm what I'm super grateful for, uh, especially this year, is just the the immediate team that I have around me. I was going through a lot uh, personally this year, 2022. Uh, I'm not going to get into, but having a team to be able to talk to, uh, bounce ideas off of and kind of strategize as to how to get out of the the tornado essentially was huge for me. And then also like, I'm just super, super grateful for uh, the people that uh, follow my journey. I think Gavin, to your point, like, and, and also six, your, your point of like the, the inspiration, like there's somebody out there, I get messages daily about how I've inspired someone to get into powerlifting. Some people that I met at the Olympia, they said they got into powerlifting because of, of me. And I don't see it right. Because it's all online, most of it, right. Unless I meet someone and I get to talk to them, then it becomes tangible. But for the most part, it's like, I'm just posting stuff online and, and hoping that someone gathers it and, I don't post, I, I do this strategically. I don't post top lifts because I don't want that page to just be my highlights. What I post are all my working sets because that is where the champions are made. That's where I was made. So I yeah, I'll post it here and there of like my highlight of 475, for example, on, on bench. But for the most part, you look at, I'm doing sets of seven, I'm doing sets of eight, I'm doing sets of nine, so on and so forth. And when people are realizing they're following me, not because I'm posting all these highlights, they're following me because they're following the the actual journey that it's taking for me to get to where I'm going. So, and I appreciate all of them because they have afforded me opportunities, um, such as the Olympia, for example, I wouldn't have been like, why would I have gone to the Olympia? I don't need to go there, but it was, uh, it, it was because of the accolades that I've been able to have the platform that I have. And, uh, I'm just super grateful for, for everyone following the journey. And for, and you know, man, you know, there's going to be some kid that's coming up and he's what, like, you know, you're, 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 you do self-deprecating humor. We all do when you're like, look, I'm just a little guy. I can't, I couldn't see C bomb from where I was. Yeah. But you were that, you know, it's like, if you feel, if you identify as that, that smaller kid coming up a little smaller, his buddies, whatever, when they fucking see you and you're battling giants and you're saying the shit they wish they could say, 
you know, like some fucking day I'm going to be able to do that. Like that there is man. Like it's, it's, um, we talked about this in the other podcast, but there are, there are people who are like it, they look up to you with that, you know, and they, and, and it gives them a little bit of hope. Like, yeah, all right. If he could, if he could do it, I could do it. So that's why, man, you fucking, you fly that flag. You know what I mean? You don't tone that light down because people think you're shining too bright in too many directions. You don't make yourself smaller because people think your personality is too big because there's a lot of people who appreciate that. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Tell it. Kick yeah. Dirt in her, look, kick dirt I, in I'll, I'll read you. I'll, I'll read you one comment because I, this made my day. Um, I just posted the Sheffield video on YouTube and this guy, his name is Calvin Wynn. He says, excited for this series man i'm new to powerlifting and just watching your first meet and your commentary on it was so funny to me that uh that last attempt for the deads made me laugh so hard thanks for making my day if i can do that to one person man like honestly that that is it it's like be the change that you want to see in the world i want to help people if i can help you laugh in any way um or, or lift you up spirit wise that's I, I'm successful in my book. I, I mean, I already told you before, but how many freaking DMs I got after that 838.5 and you came on the podcast and everyone, all of the reposts with hashtag goat mentality and, and everyone's like, fucking that's it. And, 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 uh, Lane, Lane Norton sometimes comes to my DMs and when he's fired up, he'll leave a voice message. <laughs> and he was like, he was all in. He was all fired up. He's like, yeah, man, that was an awesome. It's like, dude, it was the perfect timing, right? Um, and and I got you right when you're still feeling it. And and for sure, man. I I don't listen to many of my podcasts often. I I re-listen that one every now and then. Just bring it back. And it gets me amped up when I'm going for a walk where I'm like, okay, this is why we do what we do. It, it, I recalibrate when I start getting off. But uh yeah, well said, my friend Arian. What you got, Playboy? Sure. I, th I think like a unexpected positive for me this year, something I didn't like think was going to happen going in is like, at least for me with this whole like split, things kind of reset and it worked out where like this year it was like a lot more free time and spending more time like for me, like doing things with people outside of powerlifting and also in powerlifting, like hanging out with you guys and doing more things when we go to worlds or nationals rather than just being working all the time. Like normally going back the past few years, I'm like, helping out at 20 or more meets a year, like meet directing, refereeing, you know, helping set up scoring, announcing all stuff. This year was like much less. So, you know, we got to hang out in Austin, uh, especially Taylor went out and Jonathan and I and some other people went out yeah. the first night. <laughs> you were there too, Ryan. So yeah. we had some fun together yeah, in did. South Africa. South Africa got to hang out with Gavin. You know, I went zip lining with uh, I went Bonica and Jonathan. I went on safari and stuff like that. Ryan, we also hung out in Amsterdam. We didn't make it to Paris because your flight got uh, uh, canceled or whatever like that. But we at least got it. to hang out in Amsterdam and stuff like that. Um, we hung out, like you said, in Toronto when I was there for the Ontario Provincials. So like it, it was something going in. I thought like, okay, I'm gonna be working all these meets. I'm gonna be refing. I'm gonna be coaching. I'm not gonna have any time. And it turned out like now at the end of the year, something that seemed like a negative this whole split everything end up there was some positive in there. I got to hang out with you guys, got to hang out with a lot of other people, got to hang out with some old high school friends, you know, during the year watching football games and stuff like that. And just like spending my time doing other things with other people and, and getting some enjoyment out of it. You can't, um, like, th like the nights we had, like when it was PA Nats and me, you, Jonathan Taylor went out drinking just on a whim. And it was like, I was like, I don't know. And Taylor's like, you gotta be fucking kidding. And I was like, all right, all right, Gavin I'm going. couldn't go because he had to train. <laughs> but, but, but like those nights or, or if we were, um, 
in South Africa and it was me, Gavin Delaney. I forget who was there. And you're just in the hotel lobby, stay up till three o'clock in the fucking morning, just shooting shit. Or we're in Turkey. And we ran into that kid who was 17 years old from, from Britain. And, um, he's like, I just been powerlifting six months. I don't really know anybody. And I'm like, do you know who that is? And he goes, uh, no, I don't know nobody. I was like, do you, are you on TikTok? And then he pulls up, he's like, holy shit. And then Gavin's like, do you know King of the List? And then he's like, <laughs> go on Instagram, pull up King of the List. He's like, holy, just crazy moments. And it's like, whatever, it doesn't really matter, but it's just fun moments. And we were up to like three o'clock in the morning. I don't sleep. I don't sleep at these events, but I don't, it doesn't matter. We're in Turkey. We're in, I'm, I'm in Texas. I'm in fucking South Africa. Hang out with your boys. Have those moments, man. I'm grateful for those moments, man. There's going to be a time in our lives when we're living lame lives. Look back and be like, God damn, didn't we have it all? Didn't we have it all? Those were the moments, man. Um, so I'm grateful for every single one of them, man. We've been in some crazy adventures. We can't even say all the stories, fellas. But so, so, but uh, I'm sure we're going to have some more, right? Sheffield's around the corner, PA Nats, Worlds, and the whole rest of it. We'll keep it moving. Look, at this was, I'm glad we ended off on this note. This was a really good fucking podcast. I am glad I, I got you guys on here. Um, it's a shame Leah Baba's too big. Because you know, you know what? She missed out. She missed out, bro. She missed out. Can I say something? I know, whatever, four, five million people seeing her on TV and shit. You guys won. This is a win for you guys, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we had this moment together. And I hope she hears this. She'll be thinking about it. Fellas, I love you all. I sincerely mean that. I hope I see you guys soon. I know I will. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I guarantee I'm going to see you guys and talk to you in the DMs before then, but see it to your face so i'm gonna tell you right now and that's how we'll conclude it six up and we out